The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. Pat Gray is here on the Blaze Radio Network. Ah, welcome. Triple eight nine hundred thirty-three ninety-three. Nothing short of um, World War Three is a uh, potential. And a happy Monday to you. Happy Monday, everybody. <laughs> uh, the president tweeted out, I think this was Saturday, right? Yeah, yesterday morning, Sunday morning. Yeah, so, okay. Uh, many dead, including women and children, in mindless chemical attack in Syria. Area of atrocity is in lockdown and encircled by the Syrian army, making it completely inaccessible to the outside world. President Putin, Russia, and Iran are responsible for backing animal Assad. Big price to pay. Open area immediately for medical help and verification. Another humanitarian disaster for no reason whatsoever. Sick! Exclamation point. (laughs) These are just not presidential tweets. No. But we, we've come to understand that, haven't we? Uh, they, of course, are denying it. Uh, Russia is calling it fake news. Okay. Well, regardless of who's responsible, did not the president of the United States just publicly publicly call out the um, president of uh, Russia? The, yes, he did. Okay. Yeah, he sure did. That's neat. Uh, so he calls out uh, Putin, Iran. Uh, as well as Syria, and that's pretty big. That's the, you know, <sighs> it doesn't get a heck of a lot bigger than that. Okay, again, I say happy <clears throat> Monday to happy you. Monday, everybody. Everything's fine. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Nothing to worry about. <laughs> then there was a missile strike that uh, Syria initially uh, blamed us for. Now they're they're blaming Israel. Uh, somebody hit one of the Syrian bases and killed fourteen. Uh, with a missile, and we have already said we we didn't fire that. Uh, Russia and the Syrian military now have blamed Israel for the pre-dawn missile attack um, early today, their time, on a Syrian airbase that reportedly killed 14, including three Iranians, while international condemnation grew over a suspected poison gas attack over the weekend. Opposition activists said 40 people died in the chemical attack, blaming Assad's forces. The UN Security Council planned to hold an emergency meeting today to discuss the chemical attack. If the UN is on it, everything's fine. That's going to take care of it all. You know, because they'll get together and they could do something as serious as a resolution against Syria. You don't want that to happen because if you don't abide by that resolution, you know what can happen. Another resolution. Well, hold on, but but that's just two. So that's after the two. second one, then we're done? <clears throat> no, because they'll go ahead and issue a third resolution. All right. Sometimes up to and including like 17 or 18 resolutions against you. Then what are you going to do? Sometimes they'll be strongly worded and uh, nobody wants that because <laughs> it's really scary when that happens. When you've got 17, 18 resolutions against you, where are you going to go with that? Like, long about which resolution do they stop using the word please? I don't think they ever stop because they want to be polite the entire time. Okay. I mean, we're just, you know, you're just asking about uh, 
stopping a missile attack, a chemical attack mm-hmm. against your populace. You, but you don't want to be rude. <laughs> right. The timing on the strike on the airbase in uh, the central <clears throat> Homs province, hours after President uh, Trump said there would be a big price to pay for the chemical weapons attack, raised questions about what, whether Israel was acting alone or as a proxy for the United States. Israel typically doesn't comment on its airstrikes in Syria. I'll tell you something. As far as retaliation and war, because they do it so much and it's so central to their security, they they have this thing down pretty well, the Israelis. They seem to know what they're doing. It was the second such attack this year on the base, known as T-4, where Iranian fighters are believed to be stationed. Well, obviously, if Iranians were killed in this attack, there's Iranians there. Russia's defense military said two Israeli aircraft targeted the T-4 base, firing eight missiles. It said Syria shot down five of them, while the other three landed in the western part of the base. Syrian uh, state TV quoted an unnamed military official as saying that Israeli F-15 warplanes fired several missiles at T-4. It gave no further details. Hmm. So this thing is just really heating up. Uh, Israel's foreign minister had no comment. Since 2012, Israel has struck inside Syria more than 100 times. I didn't realize that. Mostly targeting suspected weapons convoys destined for the Lebanese militant group Hezbollah, uh, which has been fighting alongside Syrian government forces. So, again, because it's part of their security, because Hezbollah is a thorn in their side, they have a stake in this. And when they consider themselves under attack or uh, potentially under attack, they act. They take action. They don't wait around uh, like everybody else seems to. 888-900-3393. Also in England, they banned guns back in the late 90s. Good. Okay, so nobody's dying anymore. Problem solved. Except for not quite now because now everybody's using knives uh, to commit murders. And (laughs) they're committing murders at such a rate with knives that they've surpassed New York's murder rate. For the first time in history. Hmm. So last week, uh, at the end of the week, online shoppers buying knives could have been forced to collect them in person in England and Wales if plans to stop children purchasing purchasing blades uh, go ahead. But it's already illegal to sell knives to under 18-year-olds. Young people have been able to buy them online, though, according to the Home Secretary. New measures would prohibit blades from being delivered to a private property. Instead, customers would have to collect it from a physical shop where retailers would check their identity and thus their age. Okay. Under the current law, it's illegal to sell a knife, a blade, of more than three inches to anyone under 18. But reports have warned online age verification checks can be sidestepped. Oh, in Scotland, 16 to 18-year-olds are allowed to buy cutlery and kitchen knives. <laughs> so so they they banned guns, and that was supposed to fix everything. Still, they have gun pro- murders, too, by the way. 
Some of the murders that have Wait. been committed in the last month in London have been committed with guns, which that? were banned. I don't know. No, that doesn't make sense at all. You just said they got it's rid illegal. They got rid of the guns. Of the guns, but yet murders are but being committed with guns. Some of the bad people still have guns. How did that happen? Yeah, that's a typo in your story. <laughs> uh, Mayor Sadiq Khan. Oh, this is, guy's great. Yeah, he's he's awesome. <laughs> great isn't anywhere near what this guy is. <laughs> He's taking action to tackle the scourge of violent crime in London together with the uh, Metropolitan Police. With the tragic rise in knife killings, he's introduced tough, immediate measures to address the violence. Here's what he's doing. Okay, here we go. <clears throat> this is going to fix it. Okay. <clears throat> so Even I, though the, the, you know, the, the gun grab didn't exactly uh, fix well, yeah, the, the gun crime, but this, the this knife, one will. The knife grab will. The knife grab will fix it. Mm-hmm. And grab by the handle when you're when you're grabbing the knife. By oh, the that's way. a good idea. You want to you turn that's the blade toward tip, you, because you. you don't want to cut the the mm-hmm. person that's right that's it. taking mm-hmm. it. A new violent crime task force of 120 officers has been created using additional funding from City Hall announced by the mayor in February. They'll focus solely on violent crime, weapon enabled crime, and serious criminality. The Met Police has introduced targeted patrols. With extra stop and search powers. So they're going to stop and search you for a knife. And I'll tell you why. There is no reason anybody should have a knife on them when they're walking around the streets of London. (laughs) What do you need a knife for? You don't. The mayor is protecting the number of frontline police officers on London streets by investing 110 million pounds in the department. Police made more than 900 arrests during Operation Winter Nights in November and December, taking more than 350 weapons off London streets. Well, then it should have been solved. They took all the weapons away. What's the problem now? Where are all these deaths coming from? Right? Huh. I wonder if there's just not increased heart attacks and strokes (gasps) in London. You know what they should ban next? And it's a sharp pain, so people think they were stabbed, but they weren't. Yeah, is that possible? you know what? Let's get the salt off the table at the restaurant. Get the salt. I mean, that, that worked for New York. Maybe that's why the that's why the death rate in New York is going down. Take the salt. The salt. It's the <gasps> salt. Oh, we broke the code. An assault <laughs> weapon. I don't know. <laughs> it's if it weren't so ridiculous, mm-hmm. it'd be funny. Uh, here's how they're going to prevent future okay. violence. Got it. Here we go. <clears throat> in February, the mayor created a 45 million pounds. So this is. Heavy. Sixty million dollars. Oh, oh, sorry. Mm-hmm. Young Londoners Fund. This is great. He's got a Young Londoners Fund to help steer young people away from violent crime and knives and guns, of course, and salt uh, and salt. Knife wands are now available for every school in London to help keep young people safe. What's a knife wand? I think it, 150 schools so far taking up the offer. That's like the metal detector at the sporting events, oh, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah, oh, it's that's just where they want, stupid w- British speak. They wand the people. Yeah. Okay. Handheld they're they're metal looking for, a, for metal on Yeah, you. there you go. <clears throat> the widely shared London Needs You Alive campaign. Yeah, because we need your tax dollars to keep up the nanny state over here. I didn't realize they also launched the London Needs You Alive campaign. Well, then this should be, everything should be fine. They've done all kinds of really progressive, neat things. Why does this continue? Again, I think it's heart attacks and strokes. Mm -hmm. Just sharp pains that are killing people, and they just thought they were being knifed. But they're not. 
They're not. Uh, it brings together role models and youth influencers to send a positive message to young people that they shouldn't put their lives at risk by carrying a knife. This is all real stuff. I mean, it's hard to believe, but it's true. <laughs> the mayor granted seven million pounds, so that's eight and a half million dollars ish, to project to combat youth violence across London, and another two hundred and fifty thousand pounds to community groups and grassroots initiatives. The mayor is working to bring more safer schools officers to help drive down knife crime in schools. <laughs> Have they done a hashtag campaign yet? Why haven't they Why haven't they done the hashtag campaign? The most important measure of all is the hashtag no knives please. And that's true. Uh. <laughs> they need to talk to Michelle Obama about their hashtag campaign because that's really the definitive way you'll stop all this violence it'll just end and then everything will be peaceful in london yeah really amazing (sighs) they are actually taking knife control measures and policies to stop Mm. this epidemic knife control remember when we used to joke about that yeah what do you want to do knife control (laughs) Uh it's not funny anymore they're actually doing it Mm -mm. the mayor tweeted out oh here we go no excuses there is never a reason to carry a knife. Wait. Anyone who does will be caught, and they will feel the full force of the law. Wow. So that kind of uh, wow. lessens the blow of the um, President Trump tweet. <laughs> big, yeah. conse- big price to pay, Russia, yeah. Syria. Uh, now we've got the mayor of London. That's amazing. Coming after your knives. Knife control. I mean, they're really talking about... You know, background checks, age limits, all of those things on selling a knife. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three with your thoughts. Um, meantime, spring is here, sort of. Uh, it was thirty two degrees in Dallas over the over, on Saturday, and that was without the wind chill. Oh my gosh! <laughs> it was eighty five on Friday, thirty two. It was a full fifty. Three degrees colder most of the day, and I think it warmed to about 42 or something later in the day. Balmy for April uh, in Texas. Yeah, but when things warm up again, there's going to be a lot of pollen. Mm-hmm. There already was. I think it might have been tamped down a little bit, but it's coming back, and a lot of that ends up in your house, which is why inside your house it can be up to 100 times more polluted than the air outside. But there's one way to fix that. It's replacing your HVAC filter at filterby.com. You don't have to go anywhere to do this. You just go to filterby.com and you search on the size you need. They've got over 600 different filter sizes. If you have something unusual, they can even custom make one for you. Then they ship it free to your home within 24 hours. There's no deterrent to this. It's just so convenient. It's so fast and affordable. And it's all made here in America. So you're supporting a great American company. With great American workers. FilterBuy has all kinds of MERV options, all the way up to hospital grade. So you're going to find what you're looking for. And save 5% when you set up auto delivery. Then you don't have to worry about, wow, is it time again? Because when it is time, the filter automatically shows up at your door and you just go change it. Save money, save time. And breathe better with FilterBuy.com. That's FilterBuy.com. FilterBuy.com. Pat Gray Unleashed. Returns after this on the Blaze Radio Network.
on the Blaze Radio Network. Some uh, breaking news from the president. Uh, He said just moments ago that he's going to make a decision on the U.S. response to what he called the atrocious chemical attacks, uh, chemical weapons attack in Syria. And he's going to make that decision in 24 to 48 hours. Uh, So get your anti-aircraft missiles ready. Because within 24 to 48 hours, we're coming for you. Why would you, why would you announce this? I, I don't fully understand that. The similar trap that Obama set for himself with that red yeah. line that Assad crossed. Yes. Just okay. keep it to yourself and uh, keep them guessing. Don't tell them what's coming. Trump spoke at the beginning of a cabinet meeting. And this is a day after he said Assad and his two biggest allies, Russia and Iran, could pay a big price for the attack. Wow, this is... I mean, this is serious stuff here. We, we seem to uh, ratchet things up with North Korea, and then it kind of smoothed out, seemingly. And now we're ratcheting it up again with Syria, Russia, and Iran. I hope we smooth this out, too. Um, not really into getting into a war with Russia. It just seems counterproductive to me. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, war? Yeah. Counterproductive? It does seem counterproductive right now at this present time. Now, you know, there's there's times when you relish war. This just doesn't happen to be one of them. Have they tried a knife ban in Syria? Oh, my. wonder if we should tweet that out and hashtag no knives in Syria, please. Okay. Because then then we won't have to worry about anything (laughs) else Uh because problem solved, violence done. (laughs) Okay. All right. Oh, man. What a world. I mean, <laughs> what a world. This is a tenuous situation we find ourselves in here. And this is why maybe a guy with no experience is not the greatest option. I But, you know, he's got some people around him. Mattis, Kelly, who are hopefully giving him really good solid advice from people who've been there and know what what to do in these situations. I hope yeah, but uh, although Kelly, they they say that he's say. he's on the outs, and uh, he and the president aren't getting along real well. Of course, the president denies that. He called it fake news. Okay. <laughs> Okey I like how everybody in the world now has adopted his fake news thing. The Russians <laughs> have adopted it. Yeah, that <laughs> the chemical weapons attack—that's fake news. Fake. I mean, it's a brilliant strategy to throw his own words out there against him. Mm-hmm. Brilliant. Now, will they allow us in to check to see if it was a chemical attack or not? No. No. So, I mean, you'll never know for sure. And then, so you might be attacking them when they haven't even done this. I don't know. I don't know. I tend to think they probably have because Assad is, you know, maybe feeling pretty confident under the protection of Russia and Iran. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three with your thoughts. Uh, Darian. In Michigan, you're on the blaze. Hey, guys. Uh, I'll keep hey. it short and concise. I know you guys have a schedule to keep. Um, I see nothing but inflammatory rhetoric on social media and even hear it in person quite often when people discuss current events, mm-hmm. and particularly politics among my generation. Um, this quickly breaks down into some form of verbal warfare where there's no obvious winner. Yep. Uh, no one even gets their point across. How do we bridge the gap between the millennial generation and older generations? Um, I've noticed that David Hogg's rhetoric is actually pretty commonplace, and the way that he tries to go about things is pretty commonplace in my generation. 
how do we start less pernicious dialogue and how do we create a bond of some form? My generation is known for thinking the world owes them and that they know everything. And I'm trying to change that. I'm trying to accept wisdom from others and learn from those around me. Uh, thanks guys. Just wanted to say thank you particularly to you two. You guys make my day. Um, I'll leave you with a ray of hope. I'm 23. I'm conservative. I'm a millennial. I also work 70 hours every week. I work with my hands and I can still string a sentence together and be a respectful and respectable member of society. Hmm. Don't give up hope on my generation, please. Have a good day, guys. Thanks, Terry. As long as we keep hearing from people like you, uh, we won't. We won't give up the hope. Um, I think it starts with, with people like you bridging the gap in just the way you're doing it and maybe suggesting to your fellow millennials that we ratchet things down a little bit. Uh, this is, you know, the problem that we've been, that we felt and have been trying to address for, I don't know, two, two or three years now. Glenn's been trying to say, hey, uh, we need to bridge the gap between each other. And this is why, and it, it pisses people off sometimes, but he reaches out to the other side, trying to find reasonable people. And we have people like uh, Riaz, Riaz Patel, who's incredibly reasonable, doesn't agree with much of our uh, ideology, but he is willing to talk about things, and he's, he's willing to say to his side, hey... Uh, maybe we can stop with the hatred and just listen to each other. It's really hard because we've gotten in the habit, and social media has made all of this so much worse because you can do all this anonymously, and you're not face-to-face with somebody saying these hateful things for fear that you're going to get your face punched in. You can say it, leave it there, let it lay, let it foment, and you're fine. And nobody ever knows that it was actually you because you're using some stupid name on Twitter. (laughs) It's made all this stuff so much worse. It really has. And somewhere along the way, somebody's got to be willing to say, not just Glenn, but others, you know, maybe us, we all have to be, we all have to be the cure and say, look, let's, I, 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 let's stop with the hateful rhetoric. Let's stop with the hate and just try to see what we can agree on. Do you agree that America's a great place? You might not even agree on that. I don't know. I don't know. It's it's really tough right now. Because so many of, of Darian's generation, so many millennials, have just been indoctrinated their entire lives in school. Then they get to college, and it's even worse. And then they get out in the real world, and they're all pissed off. Because things aren't being handed to him. There's a kid who, a uh, 20-year-old, millennial, his name is Rishi Sharma. From California, too. He's trying to bridge that gap. Right now, he's documenting the experiences of combat veterans from, from the Second World War. Wow. Wow. Uh, Sharma says he's conducted more than 870 interviews with veterans in 45 U.S. states. Do we have the... Did I yeah. hear that we have the video on him or not? Well, yes, yeah, but okay. we're not going to have time to get to yeah, it. Yeah, we'll right get here. to it yeah. on the other side. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's doing um, interviews with veterans in 45 U.S. states, and he's headed to heading up to Canada next to continue his project. So we're going to hear from him. This gives you a little bit of hope. Mm-hmm. You know, this... 
This is a feel-good story sure uh, that we want to share and get people to understand and realize that, yeah, there's people like Darian, people like Rishi out there, but we're going to have to, we're going to have to promote them and the things that they're doing so that the positive impact uh, will be felt by more people. 888 900 We'll get to that next. Pat Gray, the Blaze Radio Network. Precariousness going on in the world right now. Supposed chemical attack uh, in Syria has killed another forty-five people, and the Syrian army has has uh, blockaded the area so nobody can go in there and check for chemical weapons. So we don't know if their denials are accurate or not. Kind of a dangerous situation. Also, uh, Darian from Michigan a few minutes ago, twenty-three years old, asked a great question: How do we come together? Uh, in a minute here, we're going to play uh, Rishi Sharma and show you some of the things he's doing to bring that generation together with the older generations. 888 Neil in Arizona, you're on the blaze. Hi. Howdy. Hey, I noticed that Mr. Beck has a rocket over one of his shoulders in his uh, TV show. It was mm-hmm. shot into Israel with all the poison material that they've been testing out or killing, murdering people, of course, in Syria. What happens when Hezbollah and Hamas start using these rockets that are really up to high-grade rockets, making that one Mr. Beck has look like a popsicle? Mm-hmm. They start shooting into Israel. We're going to have more problems, a non-nuclear problem, than anybody ever thought. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, Russia never liked Israel or anti-Semitic since uh, generations back. So what do we got now? A non-nuclear situation with uh, uh, citizens in Israel having to use those gas masks by the thousands of rockets that they've got across their border. What happens then with their strike? What do they have to? Re- what do they resort to? Nuclear weapons? Uh, that takes out uh, Lebanon. That takes out the PLO. We're looking at more problems that uh, <laughs> the bureaucrats and the politicians have to work with because that's a truth. These guys are after uh, the Israelis. They're after us. Yeah, appreciate the call. Thanks, Neil. It is, uh, it's a volatile situation in the Middle East. And it's especially precarious with Russia right there now. Our forces are right there. Israel has been there. Uh, and Israel's not ashamed or afraid to retaliate or to preempt so that they don't get hit with a, a chemical weapon attack like you're talking about. Um, hopefully, cooler heads will prevail. Hopefully, we can deal with this through the wonderful UN, which is their meeting today in, in an emergency session to see what they can do. You know that's going to be good. <laughs> maybe, maybe we can all take a lesson from this Rishi Sharma, 20-year-old from California. Take a look at what he's doing right now. This is great. 
20-year-old Rishi Sharma has always been into superheroes, the real kind. That's why, as a junior in high school, he made it his mission to meet as many World War II combat veterans as possible. I ditched so many days of high school to go do an interview. You were skipping school to go interview vets? Yeah. I started riding my bike to the local senior home. I interviewed those guys. Then I started driving. It became a daily undertaking. Every single day. When we first met Rishi in 2016, he was driving all over Southern California. I had a lot of missions. Interviewing guys like Marine Tank Commander Ernie Isley. They were going to make a big camp there and attack us at night. <laughs> Rishi talks to the men for hours. Wow. Then gives the recordings to their families. He says he does it because time is short. We're losing about 400 World War II vets every day. It's amazing how much history and knowledge is encased in each one of these individuals and how much is lost when one of them dies without sharing their story. The fact is, I wake up every day to obituaries, guys who I wanted to interview, and I have to find out that, you know, they died. At this point, I should tell you, Rishi doesn't come from a military family. His parents immigrated here from India. And yet, he cares as much about our greatest generation as any young man I've ever met. My name is Rishi Sharma. In addition to his in-person interviews, he was telephoning at least five World War II vets a day just to thank them for their service and sacrifice. It means a great deal to me that you were willing to endure all of that so that I could be here today. Well, thank you very much. After this story first aired, Rishi raised enough money on GoFundMe to expand his mission across the country. He travels by car, often sleeps in it. So far, he has interviewed over 850 vets in 40 states, learning about their stories and their scars. Those that have healed and those that will never. Who is that? This is my brother Jack, and he died in my arms on, on the battlefield. Nice to know. As long as there are World War II veterans willing to talk, there will be at least one young man oh, shucks. willing to listen. You mean a lot to me. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. How did that happen to a kid that young? I mean, you got to tip your hat to his parents, I would think. That is, that's pretty special. That's a special kid right there. (sighs) Wow. Thank you for telling those stories. In fact, we're going to tweet out at Pat Unleashed um, a link to that GoFundMe page that CBS mentioned. Um, if you want to donate to help him cover all of this ground around the country to go and talk to these vets before they pass on. It's a darn feel-good story, isn't it? Yeah. So, yeah, uh, another millennial who is making a really positive difference. Ah, that's so great. And how many people even ask those guys for their stories anymore? How many people even want to hear them? Yeah, yeah, I've heard it. Shut up. But this kid, not even related to him, he's done 850 interviews with them? <laughs> That's amazing. That's extraordinary. And, you know, we have said wow. this before, that it's recent immigrants or mm-hmm. or those who have uh, their, their parents immigrated here, you mm-hmm. know, that came here the right way, the legal way, yep. and appreciate our rule of law and how our system works. They get over here and they make a big difference. They care. They appreciate this country. And look at this kid mm. is documenting these stories. 
And if your grandparents are, are getting up there in age, um, regardless of, of where they are in, in, their, in their life cycle, spend time with them, learn from them, talk to them, because when they pass, those stories are gone. Um, and so mm-hmm. God bless this kid. I'm so grateful that he is doing this. Yeah, really. It's amazing. Uh, 400 a day. We're losing 400 of them per day. Uh, when I did the <clears throat> segment with Glenn on his show today, uh, we also had uh, Troy Walker on with us. And Troy was talking about a World War II vet. He just uh, had to fund his burial. This guy was, he dropped out of school to get into the military because World War II was raging. He was 17 or 18 years old when he hit the beaches of Normandy. He was severely wounded. He was uh, heroic in his actions on the beach. He got a silver star on, his, on the beach. Mm. He recovered, uh, joined his forces again, was wounded again, got another silver star. Then I think they, they put him in, uh, they took him to Bastogne. And he, there was a huge fight there, obviously, which he participated in, even wounded. <laughs> Won another silver star and another purple heart. He lost his uh, foot, I think, in that battle, uh, and that kind of put him out of the fight. So the rest of his life, he's been, I believe, in Minnesota, working in a factory, just putting his shoulder to the wheel and nose to the grindstone, and just died this past week. And he's at the mortuary. They call the VA and say, hey, we've got, we've got a veteran here um, for you to come get. VA says, yeah, we don't do that. <laughs> They're like, wait, this man's got three silver stars and three purple hearts. You don't even come, come collect the body when they're dead? Nope, we don't do that. Sorry. Bye-bye. So they'd heard about Troy's efforts, and they called him, and they said, hey, uh, Troy, we've we got nobody who's doing anything for this guy. Nobody showed up for him. We called the VA. They they said they don't do that. They sent a check for three hundred bucks, and so Troy took care of it like he always does with the funds that are provided by you. So um, you know this is not a normal place for his. Spot, but it's a cause I greatly believe in. So go to dogtagfurniture.com. And if you can't pay $125 for the beautiful wooden flag, just make a donation to them, whatever you can afford. Would you do that today so that we can fill in the blanks left by our worthless Veterans Administration? Mm, no joke. Um, and the, and the 72,000 veterans organizations that do nothing for them once they die. Nothing. I looked this up here. Um, World War II veterans. Um, there were 16,112,566 members of the United States Armed Forces during World War II. So over wow. 16 million. Mm-hmm. Today, um, there's around 558,000 oh, still man. alive. Jeez. So right at a half a million. I did some math here, and we are at 3.4% of World War II veterans are still among us. That's chilling. Talk I mean, to them. Talk but to them. It's been what? 
70 years? Uh, 73 years since the end of World War II, right? 73 years. So, you know, they had to be at least 18 for the most part, maybe 20. I'm sorry. uh, 55, 65, yeah, 73. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yep, 45. So you add... Uh, you add 18 mm-hmm. to 73 years, these guys are old. So even if they're, you know, even the youngest if would be about diseased, 91. Yeah. The youngest would be. The youngest yeah. would be 91. 90, maybe. You could push it to 90. Yeah. If they, because they, they're, they were so awesome. They are the greatest generation for a reason. They lied about their age, so they could yeah. get in and serve. Yeah. We're on, on the brink of losing all of them it won't be long now because it just it can't be you know we don't live to biblical biblical ages anymore none of them will reach 700 so let's uh let's take care of them while we can and fill in that fill in that void again jeez dogtakefurniture.com and thank you for your service uh if you've been a part of the military uh at all we honestly wholeheartedly appreciate it and it's heartbreaking to see what's happened, what's what's become of these guys. That they've just been abandoned by the people they served and protected. It's despicable. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. And yet we're here we are in the middle of uh potentially creating a whole nother situation where our veterans, our military personnel, need to jump in and get engaged with another enemy. Uh potentially in Syria. <laughs> Hope we can avoid it. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Still an awful lot to get to today. We've we've got more stuff than than we have time for. Uh, we're gonna have to pack fifteen minutes of entertainment into this three hour show. So I, I don't that know that much. Do you have a well I mean, maybe kind of more like shooting 12, for the moon there? Ten or twelve minutes. There you go. We'll, we'll try to shoehorn it that's all a, in. Yeah, that's a little <laughs> bit. That's more attainable. Let me tell you about uh, one of my fairly recent discoveries that. Everybody else in the building was uh, way ahead of me on. It's Field of Greens from Brickhouse Nutrition. I love this stuff because I, I get no vegetables in my diet. I'm kind of a meat and potatoes guy, kind of an ice cream and dessert sort of guy. Uh, I know that'll shock you, but uh, there is no kale that enters my mouth. <laughs> it's a good principle to have. It is. I think so. Even <laughs> though it's a superfood, able to leap tall plates in a single bound or something, I... I don't know exactly what makes it a superfood. <laughs> right. I do love the fact, though, that it's included in Field of Greens. That way I don't have to taste it. You take a scoop and you put it into a glass of water, eight ounces, or a smoothie or a shake of some sort. And it's it's actually tastes good. It sweetens your drink and it gives you a full serving of organic fruits and vegetables that are pre and probiotic that will boost your immunity. And it has antioxidant power. Also, while so many things are just extracts, this isn't. It's real food. Just So take it, put a scoop in your drink. It's that easy. It tastes great, and you're going to feel better. I know I do, all during the course of the day. Go to BrickHousePat.com and try Field of Greens. You'll get 10% off a month's supply just by using the offer code PAT. BrickHousePat.com. That's BrickHousePat.com. Pat Gray on the Blaze Radio Network.
Gray is here. I am. On the Blaze Radio Network. Really glad you're here with us. Otherwise, there would essentially be no point, mm. right? 888 <laughs> or at Pat Unleashed. Uh, G.D. Chappell says organizations should be fighting over who gets to pay for the funeral of the three-time Silver Star recipient, not fighting over who has has to pay. Mm-hmm. Ah, it's just, it's, that's a real blight. It's a shame on our country. Constitutional drunk says ban fighting, too. Oh, yeah, that would... You <laughs> there know you what? go. We should ban arguing. Why didn't, why didn't we think of that? Ban fighting. Okay, they banned the guns in England. Now they're banning the knives. You should ban fighting and being mean to one another. Why don't they do that? Then it, then everything will be fine. Man, we are <clears throat> we are solving the world's problems in right? the first hour of the program. Going today. about this all wrong. Mm-hmm. Just ban fighting. Mm-hmm. And for that matter, ban being mean to another person. Unless it's Jeffy in here. Well, I mean, there's some exceptions. Okay, there are exceptions. Like that's the <clears throat> Jeffy clause. So Obviously. Be mean to him. Nicole says, focusing on the method of the murder over the motive is absolutely stupid. London is falling down. Mm-hmm. Also, tell Pat his haircut looks great. Oh, Thank you, Nicole. You, you just sweet. did tell me that. So you got a haircut? She's hitting on me a little bit there. Though. I see that. No, I, clearly. Married. Are you? Yeah. Married. So, Sorry, Nicole. So it's already you, spoken for. Did you, <laughs> did you really get a haircut? Yeah, you can't tell. That's nice and cool to notice that. Yeah. I don't stare at you. I mean, you know, you're just here and uh-huh. we do a show. I mean, yeah, barely make eye contact. Charles Gall says, how do we bridge the gap? Play more Michael Jackson. Oh! oh. <laughs> mm. Hashtag Matt in the mirror. <laughs> nice. What kind of freak would, would say that sarcastically? No. Oh, oh. Wait, no, that was sincere, Michael. I love the 12-year-old boy children. Yeah, you bridged that gap. children. From Jude Watts. Wait, what? Jeffy is leaving to go to work for the London PD? You just said a few minutes ago, the London mayor was investing £110 million pounds in the department. <laughs> <laughs> See, Jeffy, what Jude seems to be saying there by saying that 100 mil, 110 million pounds was invested in the department is that you're um, oh, overweight. Is exactly. That's uh, if you're listening. That's I think that's what he's saying. <laughs> you overweight. Think. You're, no, you're, you're just kind of reading into it. <laughs> so we don't know that that's what it, he's we saying. Don't know we for think. Sure. We think there could be some other kind of misunderstanding there mm-hmm. on Jude's part. <clears throat> but that's that's what I inferred. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Over the weekend, I saw Chappaquiddick. Oh, I want to see that. Have you seen that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I haven't seen it, obviously, Mm -hmm. yet. Really, really good. Um, It it was only seventh, though, at the box office. The new movie, A Quiet Place, which looks a little spooky, uh, that that brought in $50 over the weekend. It only cost $17 to make. Is that one of those Jason uh, What's-His-Face movies? Oh, is it? I'll bet it. Bloom? Jason Bloom? I don't know if it is for sure, but... Usually he makes really inexpensive movies that pay for themselves in the first minute they're out. Wow. Uh, Ready Player One was second, $25 million. Wow, yeah. half. Okay. Uh, it's up to 96.9 overall. Then that movie Blockers, where the parents are trying to keep their girls from de-virginizing themselves at prom. <laughs> oh, I bet that's hysterical. <laughs> oh, oh, golly. Uh, Black Panther, number four. Wow, it's up to 665. 665 million so far. 
I can only imagine still doing really well. Eight million this weekend, sixty-nine million since it came out. Tyler Perry's Acrimony. I don't know anything about that. Then uh, Chappaquiddick. Now my wife and my daughter and I went to that over the weekend, and I was thinking, oh my daughter's gonna hate this. She doesn't care about this stuff. She's gonna be so bored. We got out. I said, well, did would I loved it. So it's a movie that even your kids will love, and it's it's interesting because they kind of play it down the middle. Hmm. Not exactly down the middle. He did kill somebody. What? <laughs> Allegedly. Now, I don't know if he did it on purpose. They don't really even allege that. And they don't even allege that he was having an affair with Mary Jo Kopechny. But what they do show are the facts we know that he didn't, he didn't report the accident for nine, ten hours afterwards, which is despicable. She apparently had a pocket of air that she breathed uh, for as long as she could, and the coroner said perhaps hours. Oh. Had he just alerted somebody, had they, you know, come in there with the fire department and a diver, they could have saved her life. Man. But he left her there. So, first of all, he got out somehow. In the movie, he just says, yeah, I don't know how. I don't remember how I got out. Well, what? Either you rolled down a window or you somehow got the door open. You couldn't also pull her? Strange. I mean, really, really strange. Um, I, I do want to see the movie, and it's historical record, so I don't think you're ruining anything, but how drunk was he? Yeah, Is they that, don't really... They don't get into that? He'd obviously been partying, mm-hmm. and he'd, he was under the influence of alcohol, uh, but they never... Obviously, it was 10 hours later, and they never gave him a, a blood test. Oh, okay. So we'll never know. Uh, it is interesting to me. Of course, they didn't do this movie while he was still alive. Nine years after his death, they finally give this some sort of Hollywood treatment. Um, but it got me curious about the Kennedy tragedies and kind of uh, looked up some of the things the Kennedy family ha- experienced over the years. There, There's things here that I didn't even wasn't necessarily aware of. First of all, you know about Rosemary Kennedy, right? She she wasn't mentally all there apparently they thought, so the uh, her dad uh, took her in for a frontal lobotomy, which did not go well, and then she was institutionalized the rest of her life. That happened in nineteen forty forty one. In forty four, Joseph P. Kennedy Jr. died in uh, World War II when the plane he was piloting went down in the English Channel. Uh. Kathleen Kennedy Cavendish, uh, whose husband died in World War II, died in a plane crash in France at the age of 28 in 1948. Patrick Bovier Kennedy, second uh, son of President Kennedy and his wife Jacqueline, died on August 7th, two days after he was born. President Kennedy then was assassinated that same year, November 22nd, in Dallas. Edward Kennedy, the youngest Kennedy child, escapes. Uh, so Ted Kennedy escaped a plane crash that claimed his aide, Edward Moss. Robert was then assassinated in 1968. Then, of course, Teddy drives off uh, the bridge. Mary Jo Kopechny dies. Edward M. Kennedy, Senator's son, lost his right leg to cancer. Joseph P., the son of Robert and Ethel, driver of a car that leaves one passenger permanently paralyzed. I mean, the list is yeah 
you know, you get to William Kennedy, accused of rape. He was acquitted of that, by the way. John F. Kennedy Jr., who died in a plane crash. Mm-hmm. I mean, on and on and on it goes. A little something wrong there, maybe? I don't know. <laughs> Pat Gray Unleashed on the Blaze Radio Network. is here on the Blaze Radio Network. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Let me ask you this. Uh, can school policies go a little bit too far with um, what they make your children do and where? I just kind of... Uh, Wondering if maybe there are some things that the school district shouldn't be getting into where just, their nose doesn't necessarily belong. And I know you don't have to send your kid to that school. And so they can make their policies on dress code and all that. But when it comes to uh, forcing a girl to put Band-Aids over her... <laughs> Nipples. <laughs> I think maybe that's a bridge too far. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we don't disagree on this? No, no, we don't. Because you thought we might disagree on this. Yeah, I didn't know what your take was. I wanted to be surprised like uh-huh. everybody else. Um, I think that yeah, the story... Yeah, my take is you, you don't belong there, okay? Mm-hmm. I don't know what you're doing. Stop it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but there's a girl... And this not, is... not just the policy. Right. Eventually, you'll get into the story how creepy... The enforcement was later on with the principal, but continue. I'm, it is creepy. It is very creepy. And uh, <laughs> I'd like to get your thoughts on this. Uh, it's kind of interesting. Because obviously, again, schools do have the power and the ability to have dress codes. They can set the standards of what your kids can and can't do. But uh, this gets into something. Now, she went braless. And so apparently that stunned a teacher or one of the administrators and they sent her to the principal anyway listen to her tell the story told me that it was a concern of one of my teachers that i wasn't wearing undergarments so she proceeded to ask me if i was wearing undergarments and i told her no and she proceeded to ask me why not administration then gave her a shirt to layer under hers asking her to move her body i didn't know exactly like how she wanted me to move around so i just said what do you mean and i took a step back and moved my hair that wasn't enough she was like band-aids and she went to the clinic got (laughs) band-aids i was called into the clinic and was given four band-aids to x out my nipples (laughs) that is unbelievable i gotta find hold on Wow. She was given four band-aids to X out her nipples. So she says uh, she was left humiliated. I I would think so. Yeah. Now, there would be those who would say, well, she set herself up with, for that because she went braless. Move around for me, Pat. <laughs> I'm not going to do it, Keith, but uh, thanks for asking. Well, I need to inspect. I know you do, but I'm... You're not, no. It just... 
So I, she she said she was pulled out of class at Braden River High School in Florida when one of her teachers contacted the school's main office with a with a query. I'm sitting in the office wondering what did I do? Mm-hmm. Kind of scared. I got really anxious. She said after the door to the office was closed for privacy. Oh, so she did at least close the door. Good. Mm-hmm. Ms. Martinez was questioned by the dean of students, Violetta Valasquez, over whether she was wearing a bra. Honey, are you wearing a bra? No. Why? <laughs> that's, okay, that's okay. That's, that's none of your business. Problem number one. That's problem number one. Maybe problem number one was being called to the principal's office. Okay, yes. This is problem, problem number, number two. Two is being asked what you're wearing underneath your clothing. <clears throat> Wow. Problem number and three. I literally said, are you joking? <laughs> and she wasn't. Uh, she wasn't. So she was told instead to put a, sh- a T-shirt on underneath her shirt in an attempt to cover things up. Uh, at this point, Martina said she was already crying. Mm-hmm. I felt so humiliated. I can believe that. When she returned to the office wearing the T-shirt underneath the shirt, she was asked to move around, as she mentioned, so that she could determine whether her breasts were less noticeable. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Why don't you, I don't know, tape them down. Are we up to three or four problems now? Uh, I think it's probably more than that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Quite a few more than that. And then we get to the Band-Aids. Seeming, uh, seemingly coming to the conclusion that the T-shirt wasn't sufficient, she was instructed to go to the school clinic where they handed her four Band-Aids to conceal them. <laughs> I, I, um, I don't know, man. I, I guess the school board or the school system has already admitted that maybe they handled it poorly. Mm-hmm. You think? Yeah, I, th- I think you did. It's probably, that. yeah, it's it's a good safety tip that if you are in a position of authority at a school and you have a minor in your presence behind mm-hmm. a closed door and you're asking for them to, um, you're staring at uh, their private parts and um, asking them to move around for you, it's a little intrusive. Just imagine a yeah. dude principal looking at a, a, a young man, a teenager, mm. Um, in his office and saying similar things. I move around for no, that's a little those jeans are a little tight. So gonna need you to put put on put on these clothes. I, I bought you something. You could I, you could ask the uh, mom question. Uh, is it too tight in the crotch? <laughs> <laughs> Look, I got news for you. I'm not really gonna go there. Teenage girls <clears throat> showing up to school <clears throat> in I don't know, burkas, mm-hmm. boys are still gonna be staring at them. It doesn't matter what she's wearing. Well, they did say, though, mm. they did say that she was a distraction to the boys in the class. Now, were, were the boys, uh, like, yeah. commenting on yeah, that? Let, were they stunned in the hallway? Yeah, let's noodle this one out. Were they getting no work done in the classroom? I'd like to know. I'm sure that the boys were running to the principal's office. You've got to get this girl you've in gotta here. You've got to do something about Liz. Do she's something. She's not wearing a bra today. And I can't, I, you, I can't do my homework. <laughs> I can't do my math test. Really? They were asking. They were, there was a, that much of a distraction. Okay. Uh, Liz says, uh, my school basically told me that boys' education is far more important than mine, and I should be ashamed of my body. 
Yeah. Okay. okay. I doubt that that was what was said. Come on. Yeah. Uh, that's that's not what was said. You shouldn't be ashamed that she's interpolating what she got out of this. Uh, the boys' education part <clears throat> is maybe uh, somewhat true, but they're not necessarily saying you should be ashamed of your body. They're 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 worried for your safety or uh, I don't know, tempting boys too much. She doesn't want to be held accountable for that. It's a strange world we're in. <laughs> I don't know if anybody's noticed that. But when a school can put Band-Aids on your children's breasts, I I guess her mom is, is pretty pissed off. I, I would guess there's probably a lawsuit either pending or about to be pending. But, uh, yeah, stay out of the nipple business at school, I think. And, and if... <laughs> Hashtag stay out of the nipple business. <laughs> so, hold on. Schools have dress codes, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm sure they have a, you need to make sure that your skirt or whatever is below enough, the knees. Long enough or whatever. Right, at the New Year's mm-hmm. or what have you. But if you don't have a written policy that says... You must wear a bra You must day. wear a bra every day. Then Can you imagine if they did have that policy? I think that would be a problem. And then, the, short of that being in writing somewhere... My daughter better not be in your office. Yeah. Because you are singling her out? I mean, just come on. And they dare not put that in writing. They wouldn't put that into a a policy manual. Would they? Would a school say all girls must wear bras every day to school? They're not going to deal with your undergarments. We're out of control. I mean, I want to know the test scores at that school. I want to know how they're doing academically where they can spend time on this kind of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's legitimate. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look them you, up. You got, as Stick said, too much time on your hands. <laughs> and it's ticking away with our sanity. You got too much time on your hands. Uh, 888-933-93 with uh, your thoughts. Also, I love this clip from Bill Maher. Now, I've only spoken that phrase, well, it's probably been, I don't know, five or six times over the years. When Bill Maher is right, it's really refreshing. It just doesn't happen all that often because he's so far to the left. But he actually jumped in this fray involving uh, Laura Ingram. Take a look at what he had to say about this uh, scandal. I want to defend Laura Ingram. I know that sounds ridiculous. Uh <laughs> But it has to do with the Parkland kids and guns and free speech. Now, I think those kids did a great thing. They put this issue uh, in a place we've never had it before, and I wish them success. But, you know, if you're going to be out there in the arena and make yourselves the champions of this cause, people are going to have the right, I think, to argue back. Now, Laura Ingram, and we go back to early days of politically incorrect. Oh, my God, there she is, right. Oh, where did the years go? Yeah. (laughs) Well, and in in the intervening years, I mean, she just has become a deliberately terrible person, I think. You know, just saying horrible things. But but you know what? Here's what she she tweeted. David Hogg rejected by four colleges because he put that up there because, of course, we have to share everything uh, to which he applied and whined about it. Okay. Maybe you shouldn't say that about a 17-year-old, but again, he is in the arena. And then he calls for a boycott of her sponsors. 
Now, what what is really is that American to call for yeah, a, yeah, really that? Her, 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 let, no. let me explain something because uh, I told because I, I, I don't I, think, I, and he complains about bullying. That's listen, bullying. I, I have been the victim you. of a boycott. I, look, I, agree, I, agree I lost a you. job once. It is wrong. You shouldn't be, do this by team. You should do it by principle. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. Thank you. Exactly right. And he's he does have a unique perspective on that because he lost a show called Politically Incorrect over being politically incorrect. <laughs> Strange situation. But good for him for at least defending a free speech there and uh, for a change before we get too far away from the uh nipple patrol story um the that high school is uh ranked 110th in the state of florida as far as high schools so national <laughs> so there's rankings. some room maybe yeah, for they got improvement. some room. they got other things to Pulled concentrate out. on besides underwear huh okay interesting what a surprise triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three uh so like so many americans maybe you have a gun at home for protection when was the last time you practiced with it? That is exactly why iTarget Pro exists. It's revolutionized home firearm training. Because without this, you really can't train your, with your firearm in your home. Otherwise, it could get quite, quite dangerous. iTarget uses your actual gun so you can become proficient with it. Um, but they utilize a smartphone... And a proprietary app, which uses a laser in place of the bullet. So it detects exactly where your shots are landing, and you see that, you hear that. Now you can practice home defense at home where you would be defending yourself. You can test different angles. You can maximize your tactical advantage. And most importantly, you can do it using your own personal firearm. Right now, save 10% when you use the offer code PAT. When you purchase the iTarget Pro system, save money, save time, take your skill to the next level safely and effectively in the comfort and privacy of your own home. And you don't have to buy ammo, which really can get pricey and the range fees. And then there's the convenience factor, which to me is almost priceless. Go to the letter I, then TargetPro.com, offer code PAT, iTargetPro.com. You are listening to Pat Gray. On the Blaze Radio Network. Pat Gray returns on the Blaze Radio Network. And welcome to it. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three and at Pat Unleashed. Uh, is it appropriate for a school system to put band aids over a girl's nipples? Is, is that a place they belong at all? I mean, even even if she didn't wear a bra, is that okay? Because I I think that's overstepping. Maybe where the uh, school should be. Maybe just, uh, I don't know, worry about test scores. As Keith found out, they're 110th in Florida alone. There's just a little room for academic improvement there. Maybe that's what we focus on as uh, school administrators. Yeah, I don't know. 
888 Susan in Wisconsin, you're on the blaze. Hi. Hi. Greetings Hi. from the chilly north. Mm-hmm. That's chilly in the south as well. So oh, we just have four inches of snow. Did you? Uh, no, mm. no, we did not. <laughs> I'm jealous. So jealous. That's great. Yeah. Okay. Right. Uh, yeah, I, I had a similar uh, situation uh, when I was in high school. Um, I was brought into the uh, principal's office, and um, he asked me if I was wearing a bra, and I said uh, that I was, and he wanted me to prove it. Oh my and gosh! I was. <laughs> I was like, wow. uh, prove it. I So I thought, okay. So I, I took my thumb under, you know, and I just pulled out my bra strap. And he was like, well, all right. He, well, sit here for a minute. And he left. And he, he came back with one of the women teachers. And uh, they um, stapled my um, bra straps up so that my breasts would be tighter um, against my body. And then they would have me, you know, come what? in. Uh, this was during the lunch uh, and uh, prove that I was wearing a bra. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. Because certain wow. things were. Well, showing? the bra was, was a thin, well, it was, uh, my, my, my nipples were showing. <laughs> well, well, they weren't, it wasn't see-through, but they were poking out, I suppose. Right. It was cold and it was, the, <laughs> you know, the lunchroom and. Uh, yeah, they did that for uh, you know did quite you, a while. And did you tell your parents about this? Were they incensed, or did you not tell them? Uh, well, I told I told my mom, and she was kind of like, "Well, you know, you got big boobs, you know, like <laughs> you know." It was, you know, like like. Yeah, but that's not okay. I mean, that well, seems like your situation I, yeah. is even worse than this girl's. Yeah, well, see, yeah. I was, I stuck out, too. I was, you know, like six foot and blonde hair in, in you know, uh-huh. like ninth grade. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, it was, yeah. But, I mean, I, you can't I, help I, any I of that. Know. That's not your fault. Well, well, no, and, and you know, and, and uh, you know, it's, they're, mm. you know, looking for bras and whatnot, and I just, I, wow. uh I didn't. Yeah, I didn't. It just stopped for some reason. But yeah, they they uh, this one certain bra. He'd uh, yeah, they they stapled my straps up so that. Uh, and was yeah. it was it like the school nurse that did that, well, or who it, stapled your bra? Uh, no, no, no. It was like a math teacher that was on uh, lunch duty when uh, I had lunch. The but, time, the same woman, time that I would have lunch. A woman. Or oh a yeah, yeah, yeah. In 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 the principal's Still. office with the principal. The oh yeah, gosh. the guy in there. And and well, the first time also, um, I got um, a sweater uh, uh, given to me. Uh huh. Wow. So, so you could wear that over the top, and that is unbelievable. Were yeah, you humiliated, yeah, yeah. or were you yeah, okay with all this? Just a sweater. Just a. I'm sorry. Was this humiliating for you, or were you okay with it? I, I well, I I girl. You're going through changes. Yeah. I was at a new school, private school, mm-hmm. uh, a religious school, and I was, I was, you know, kind of already stuck out like a thumb, basically. Yeah. <laughs> and and uh, yeah, I mean, it was embarrassing, and it was degrading, and it mm-hmm. was, uh, I was embarrassed as yeah, more than anything. I was extremely embarrassed about. You know what's who's been saying this? Yeah. Is is the administrator looking at my boobs, or <laughs> is, you know what? Because I'm having lunch, <laughs> yeah, and I don't deal strange. with him. I don't, you know, or, or who's complaining? Yeah, it yeah, yeah it wow. it bothered me for a long time. I can imagine.
Thanks, Susan. Appreciate it. That's hard to believe. It's hard oh, to imagine that scenario. That's rough. I, that's really, I mean, so inappropriate. So mm-hmm. almost criminal. Prove yeah, it. Yeah, I, maybe I kind of mm. Overton windowed myself as she was telling that story. But when the principal left the room and came back with a female teacher as opposed to a Polaroid camera, I thought, oh, relief. Okay, good. Yeah. I thought this was going to take even yeah. a worse turn. Still bad. But yes, that really is bad. horrible. And, you know, you would think that the parents would be incensed over that. I would be really, especially when she was wearing one. Are you kidding me? Leave her alone. What do you? The things we I think I'd own about. the school system. I would have. Hmm. I would have sued the school system. Of course, I don't want to own a school system. It's hard enough owning one school, let alone an entire school system. But think of the federal money you get to burn through at will <laughs> and have nothing to show in return for. Right. I mean, just That's take for the money. Sure. You do a bad job, and the worst job you do, the more rewarded you are. That's a gig right there. Pretty good gig. Wow. Yeah. It's like a weatherman's job or something. It's <laughs> 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 really... I mean... It's troubling. It, very. I don't like it. Yeah. And then it's probably, what, 30 years ago? Or I hate to you know, judge her age just from a phone call. I have no idea. Maybe it was only last year. No, she's I, I 19, don't know. dude. Yeah. She could, it could have happened last year. But she's recovered quite nicely, it seems like, if that just happened recently. Uh, 888-900-3393. Uh, we just played some common sense, a little bit of common sense from Bill, Bill Maher. Here is a little bit of common sense infecting Anderson Cooper on CNN. Here's what uh, he said about the smoking gun I believe Natasha Bertrand uh, reported on text message exchanges that she had found, direct messages between uh, WikiLeaks and Roger Stone during the course of the campaign. And so, uh, again, the the larger issue here is Mm -hmm. I do not believe that the Trump team, the family, the candidate, and associates like Stone are being straight with the American people. I'm here in Muscatine, Iowa, Anderson, talking to voters. And what they are saying to me is, just come clean. Just tell us the truth so we can better protect the ballot box when we go to vote this November. Yeah, I mean, just for the record, the, the text exchanges um, the, over Twitter and uh, direct message uh, between Stone and WikiLeaks, uh, the ones that at least that have been released, and assuming those are the only ones, they, they don't really show anything. Uh, it's basically, at one point, it's WikiLeaks saying, Roger Stone, please stop saying you have connections to us because you have no connections to us. And then Roger Stone replies like, well, you should know who your friends are because I've been saying nice things about you on TV. And then they respond with, well, yes, you've been saying nice things about us, but alleging connections, you know, don't help us. So it doesn't seem like there's any mm-hmm. smoking gun there. How about that? And that Thank was you, Anderson. Democratic Congressman uh, Eric Swalwell. He was telling that to uh, nice job, Anderson Cooper. Yeah, very, mm. very. It's about time. It's about time to drop this stupid Russian collusion thing. They've, they've got no evidence. And yet here it is. How long has it been? A year and a half? It's been a year at least that we've had to put up with it. Stop with the Russian oh, collusion thing be- already. Yeah, it was before. It was between the election and the inauguration that they were already Jeez. trying to delegitimize the presidency of Trump uh, through this Russian connection. Um, and you would think by now, yeah. look, if the facts are there, something. I want to know. Yeah, I, I absolutely want to know if my president was helped into office by effectively a Soviet regime. All right. But mm-hmm. if you ain't got nothing at this point, then let it go. You've got plenty more that you could talk. It's just like the school district. Are there better things we could focus on? Yeah, I think so. I think so. When you got the world on the brink of war in the Middle East, maybe we could 
look into that a little bit more. Hmm. Maybe we could try to understand that situation a little bit better. Uh, but nope. nope. <laughs> Not when it comes to the press. If they smell, uh, if they see blood in the water, they're going to, in anything involving Donald Trump, they're going to, they're going to keep feeding like sharks. It's a shark frenzy right now. And they just keep it up. Plus, there's, there might be other things where there's substance. There's nothing to this at all. And I think it's been pretty well shown over time. 888-933-93. Media going crazy still over the Atlantic writer uh, who suggested that women who've had abortions should be hanged. I'll tell you about that uh, coming up. Also, over one million illegal aliens in California have driver's licenses. <laughs> so, uh, we'll get into that as well. Plus, Jeffy will chew the fat with us next. Mm. Pat Gray. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. Pat Gray is here. And so is Jeffy with Chewing the Fat. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. I just want to be clear uh, right now, uh, if you were going to ask, uh, I am wearing undergarments. I wasn't going to ask. Uh, you know, sometimes I don't. I just threw up um, a little bit in my mouth. Sometimes I don't. Now, the days that I don't, if you want me to put Band-Aids on, I'm happy to. You mean the know, jumbo size Band-Aids? Doesn't matter. We're talking about? Well, your moves uh, <laughs> are so prominent that... <laughs> oh, well, the problem is, see, you'd know they were even more prominent if it were colder in here. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, you know, that, I mean, that, mm-hmm. that's what happens in Florida. Yeah. You get hot outside, you go inside. That's why I loved working at the grocery stores in Florida because they keep mm-hmm. them so cold. Oh, yeah. man. Frozen food department. Hello. <laughs> you know, I, I don't know that we <laughs> asked for your input on that particular story. Uh, nice work, Jeffy. Thank you. No problem. <laughs> really? I was just. Yeah. It's I, just a helper, Pat. What do you yeah, want? I was just helping. I, I don't think it was necessary to really comment any further. I just wanted to let you know that I was wearing. Undergarments. Okay. That's all. I appreciate Some that. Some people wonder if, uh, Caitlin's wondering if you use Flex Seal tape. Uh, Sometimes, there. but yeah. not today. Okay. <laughs> I want to know if the Flex Seal tape, well, okay, we've already tested that one. Right. Out. Here's what I want to see next. Mm-hmm. We, have to, we talked about this too, that's right. We've got to test out the Flex Seal yeah. glue. The glue. We must have yeah. a bottle of the glue. Give me the Pat Gray credit card and I will. Uh... Yeah, because we, we got to get that. Uh, Use the show card. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. You are so cute. <laughs> but but you, they just put two little strips. They just squeeze yeah. it out on bricks, yeah. and then supposedly and and c- cement blocks. Yeah, absolutely, you know it. And they put them together, and sure. it instantly 
<laughs> Binds to the point where you can pick up both blocks with the top one. Does it Come say? On in, it does it say in small letters on the screen? Like sometimes it, in small letters, I say this actually took two hours. Uh, no, not that I've but ever seen. I've, the one I've seen, I, I don't remember. I just remember I've seen it once, and it does seem like because when instantly. they do it, they say it says it, they say it instantly. bonds instantly. Right. Okay. So now that was not the case with the products of Flexio products of product a family of products that we tried before but maybe the glue got, does i don't know we're but we're going to test and it. we could have you know could've it could have been human error on our end we, we might not have used the flex seal properly i mean we used it like they told us to yeah we maybe used that's it wrong like they did on the commercial maybe that's wrong maybe right. we we're supposed to use it differently i yeah. don't know and much simpler tasks too than they have on yes TV. So maybe that's the problem. Maybe, maybe it was too easy. <laughs> so uh, anyway, Michelle Obama uh, is in the news again, and God bless her. Uh, the former first lady uh, went on to, she was talking uh, at a uh, women's leadership conference uh, mm-hmm. the end of last week, and she was comparing the presidencies of her husband and President Trump, and she wanted to pair them as uh, two dads, two dads. I always sort of felt like the eight years of Barack was was president. It was sort of like having the good parent at home. You know, the responsible parent. No. The one who told you to eat your carrots and go to bed on time. No. And now perhaps we have the other parent in the house, she said. People thought it would be fun to have Trump in charge because we can eat candy all day and stay up late and not follow the rules. Now, one thing she did say that I kind of agree with is that she said Americans will one day look back and see how each of those different approaches made them feel in the long run. Yeah, that is true. That's 100 percent fact. Mm -hmm. Uh, She also lamented uh, Hillary Clinton's presidential defeat, uh, calling her the best qualified candidate ever. She She said to ever run. She wasn't perfect, uh, but she was more perfect than many of the alternatives. And she also also said, and I want to say thank you. Former First Lady Michelle Obama, thank you. I don't want to run for office. I don't. I just don't have the required passion for politics. Good. Uh, thank you. Yeah, that's thank a relief you. if it's true. <laughs> right. I know. Woo. We're, we're going to hold you to that. Promise, I don't think Michelle. I have the required passion for politics. But look, they asked. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> they asked, and you know, maybe I can find that passion. Yeah. Once I get in office, and once you put me in, maybe I can. Maybe I can find that. That would be an for absolute you. catastrophe. Oh. A catastrophe. Oh. I mean, it would be the second coming of Hillary, only worse. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. I mean, holy cow. Yeah. I think she's probably more radical than. Oh Hillary. yes. Oh yeah. Plus, she doesn't like America. I mean, right? She. I mean, she was pissed at Barack a number of times when he didn't go far enough. Uh-huh. Right? I mean, you talk about her uh, radical. Ooh. Yeah. 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 Big time. Be a disaster. Oh, be ugly. And uh, one thing that... <laughs> Uh-oh. I love this story so much. Uh, Lindsay Lohan. I love Lindsay. Mm. I do. She's. I'm a big fan. Uh, she offered Donald Trump some legal help on Twitter. Because you know that she's the big spokesperson now for lawyers.com. Did you know that? I didn't know that. Uh-uh. That's great. Lindsay Lohan for uh, she tweeted out, uh, lawyers.com. At, she uses them. Oh at Real Donald Trump, heard you need a lawyer. At lawyer.com, we're always here for everyone. And, of course, she lives in Dubai now. What? Really? Yeah. She, that's where all her tweets come from, all her Instagrams, all her pictures. Yeah, she, she lives in Dubai. 
Weird. Okay. Uh, but uh, this is her Lawyers.com commercial, if you haven't when seen Lawyer. it. When Lawyer.com first reached out to me, um, I was confused and a little scared because I thought I was in trouble. <laughs> but when they asked me to be their spokesperson, I was intrigued. After meeting with the team, I realized Lawyer.com is just about helping people. From getting a DUI, let's not pretend like I didn't get one, <laughs> or two, or three, or some others. It's so simple, and it's free. All you have to do is go online or give us a call. So let's get started, because at Lawyer.com, we're always here for you. Hmm. Okay. That's interesting. That is interesting. I, I, I haven't seen her in forever, and she pops up. Well, I mean, for the, I mean, unless you've been following her on Instagram. Okay, why is she in Dubai? Why is she in Dubai? Is she running from the law? What's going on? Uh, that's, she likes it there. She likes it there, and I'm pretty sure that she gets put up by some people that are worth a lot of money. Are you allowed to drink alcohol in Dubai? You can do whatever you want in Dubai. Yeah, Dubai is kind of the Vegas of the Muslim world, yeah. right? You do whatever you want. Yeah. And it's, a, it's oh. a real nice, and if you've got, uh, you know, she's got a little bit of cash. I don't know how much cash she has left, though. She's burned through most of it here, mm-hmm. but uh, she's still doing some photo shoots and uh, running around. And I'm pretty sure there's some people that are worth a lot of money um, assisting her in her lifestyle. So hang on a second. Mm. What you have to have a license over there to buy booze, okay? If you're non-Muslim, but you have to buy a license, or you could buy it at the uh, airport and bring it back to your hotel or what have you. But if you don't want to pay for uh, an, a, license, a license to buy alcohol over there, you must be above the age of 21 and earn more than $800 a month. No problem. It's very interesting law. Yeah. Alcohol laws are dumb. <laughs> they just are. Also, this weekend, uh, we had the uh, Trump Tower uh, on fire. Uh, very sad that we lost the life of one man and six firefighters um, were injured. injured, but not life-threatening. But uh, your, your friend... Uh, and uh, fellow musician uh, David Crosby commented uh, on Twitter, Pat. Oh, good. Uh, as soon as that fire, uh, there was news of the fire, he, he tweeted out, Oh boy, burn, baby, burn. An idiot. And then. Uh, <laughs> you know, Donald Trump's not in the tower, right? Douche. A moron. And then he quickly deleted it, realizing, Oh, yeah. I probably shouldn't have said that. Yeah, wishing death on people in a hundred story building. That's great. Right. That's good. Oh, it's fantastic. And uh, then they, then he answered uh, this uh, Twitter user, this Jeffrey, what the heck is his stupid name? Jeffrey Gutterman uh, tweeted him asking him if, uh, you know, that was your tweet regarding Trump Tower? And Cosby re- replied to him, yes, Jeff, it was. Now, Jeffrey Gutterman, just a New York City psychologist, you know, mm-hmm. had a verified account, though. And uh, his tweet was, uh, hoping there are no injuries. Uh, with that said, I hope the fire rages. Jeez. So these people are all. I mean, it's great. Out of their minds, man. It's mm-hmm. great people. <clears throat> all of them. Each and every one of them. Uh, in Georgia. Uh-oh. Oh, no. What? Why you, why you, my home state. I'm scared now. No, you like this. Okay. You like this. Sheriff Mike Jolly. Hmm. You like this. Uh, Harris County in Georgia uh, has a new sign uh, bought, purchased by Sh- Sheriff Mike Jolly just as you uh, come into town there by the visitors, by the county building. And uh, it uh, greets uh, people that come into, uh, into the city. Our citizens have concealed weapons. If you <laughs> kill someone, we might kill you back. We have one jail and 356 cemeteries. 
Enjoy your stay. <laughs> nice. <laughs> that is a Texas feel to it, but I like it. Yes, it does. <laughs> now, he, uh, he said, uh, remember him uh, a few years ago? Uh, he had the uh, American flag and Christmas uh, billboard that he paid for that said, uh, warning, Harris County is politically incorrect. We say Merry Christmas, God bless America, and in God mm. we trust. We salute our troops and our flag. If this offends you, leave. Nice. Yeah. So uh, mm. he, uh, he's he been uh, making the rounds uh, because, of his, uh, because of his billboard. But he says, look, I spent 20 years in the Army to give someone the right to disagree with me or anyone else. Hopefully, if they disagree, they can voice that opinion. But if it offends them, truly offends them, maybe they're in the wrong country. Huh. Mm. <laughs> huh. Put that in your pipe. No doubt about it. All right. So uh, in Florida, and look, this happens from time to time. And the police were, the police pulled over a, a car that was swerved into another lane. And uh, they, you know, obviously the Florida state troopers pulled them over. And they, they noticed as they pulled this lady over the smell of marijuana coming from the car. That's never a good sign. So they searched the car. Mm-hmm. And in the car, they found bags of marijuana and cocaine. Now, the lady claimed, uh, oh, well, the marijuana's mine. <laughs> but I don't know how the cocaine got in here. I don't know anything about any cocaine. Uh, it's a windy day. It must have flown through the window and into my purse. <laughs> <laughs> That's not really what she said. Officers didn't buy her story, and they uh, they arrested her. They didn't believe the cocaine I know. flew in through the I window know, into her purse. Apparently, these Florida state troopers have never lived in Florida mm. before, because I I can't tell you how many times that's happened to me <laughs> right. in the state of Florida. <laughs> right, driving down the highway and a bag full of cocaine flies in the car. That's a regular Man. thing there for oh, you. Yes, that's why you had to when move. that happens. Bad right, luck. bad luck, Jeffy. Man. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and for those of you worried about, uh, I mean, oh, man, a day without. Uh, a day without food, maybe even a couple of days without food, because uh, JTM Provisions, uh, Harrison, Ohio establishment, is recalling approximately 14,525 pounds of fully cooked, not shelf-stable, pulled barbecue beef products. They might be contaminated with some extraneous materials. Like what? Rubber. Rubber? Hey, some people... Uh, we opened a couple of packages and said, you know, that doesn't look like pulled pork beef. Ooh, that looks like rubber. Yeah, we might as well recall all that. That was a little problem. <laughs> I wonder how rubber got into it. Very strange. Like a part oh, is really broke weird. or something? Yeah, it's possible that a part broke Gross. or something. But So there's little pieces of rubber in the packages. So good luck. If you uh, have uh, the JTM uh, barbecue sauce with pulled beef uh, in your frozen food uh department at your home or the store pull it off the shelf okay it's a lot though man Fourteen thousand pounds yeah a lot man all right so uh, bill cosby's trial uh, started up back up today that's almost a day's f- supply of meat for you isn't it Fourteen thousand. yeah Fourteen thousand pounds almost well, a day supply. i mean almost, almost. like yeah. get you through lunch <laughs> I was, it depends oh, on how early he wakes up that day that's a lot that would Really? Is it a lot for you? Okay. <laughs> There's good news on the food front, though. Before we get to Cosby, because I forgot to tell you about the good news on the on the on the food front. Uh-huh. The How did, did you forget about know? food? I know there was My food goodness. grown without dirt. They're they're making food and there's none in it. Gosh darn it! What happened to the? Wait, they're making story? food without dirt. They've now? made they've made they're making food uh, without dirt, without water, 
and they're doing it so that they can try to have food for space missions. Is that a is that a normal thing? Uh, it seemed like it oh, would you mean also growing. Work, you mean work. growing food yes. without it? Okay. Yes, mm. but it was really what was great about it. And what was great about it is that here it is. They are making so much of it. Now we've just recalled fourteen thousand pounds of barbecue. Mm-hmm. Right? Scientists in Antarctica have harvested their first crop of vegetables grown without earth, daylight, or pesticides. Okay. Wow. I know. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, well, but, that could help starving nations. Yes, it could. Grow food. Yes, it could. And How'd they do it? And, they, and, and they've, they've grown. I mean, this is, I think we can pretty much assume that the world is going to be hunger-free within soon. Because mm. they've made within eight pounds soon. of salad greens. 18 cucumbers and 70 radishes. Why are they wasting it on this stuff? Man? I mean, so, I mean, you're, you're already fed, I don't know, how many continents? <laughs> None. A <laughs> uh, total of zero. I don't I mean, think that even feeds the Antarctic. Scientists hope to harvest four to five kilograms of fruit and vegetables a week. How many? Four to five kilograms. So that's what, well, maybe we don't, 10 pounds? Nobody knows how much that is. I know. Are they kilograms. Through that I don't know. Time. Could be... Like an ounce, or it could be could seven thousand pounds of food. I don't nation. know. So they're, they're, they have this technology, and they're not using it to grow bluebell homemade ice cream. Right? No, no. I know they're, they're growing radishes. Come on. Think of that though. For you know, that's like, actually really cool. Famine yeah, in Africa and whatever. That'd, oh my gosh, it'd be awesome. Yeah, I mean they're doing it for astronauts and space travel, but really, let's worry about the Earth first. Yeah, yeah. that'd be nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, and anyway, and my man Bill Cosby has started his trial today. I don't know how uh, how it's going. They were supposed to have their opening statements this morning. It's the retrial of the yes. mistrial that was declared. It's the retrial of the mistrial. That's mm-hmm. correct. He's charged with three counts of aggravated indecent assault. Can we just let the man go home? <laughs> no, not if he did this. Stop it. This guy is should have. It was a mistrial. It was uh-huh. over. Send no. the man home. Well, if he did it, he deserves to pay for it. And then they have a jury problem already. Uh, one of the men selected as a jury, a juror in the sexual assault retrial. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just with you. He thinks the comedian is guilty and wants the case to be over. So we're going to get him off the jury right, jury right now. Mm. I would think so, yeah. Yeah, he needs to go. But He really, just wanted just to go the, home. <laughs> <laughs> and you really, know, I don't know how long is this going to last? I don't yeah. blame him. I don't either. I don't either. Not how long is this going to last? Because you know this particular... Uh, district attorney is not going to let it go. It was all part of their mm-hmm. campaign. It was mm-hmm. part of the big campaign up there of the one DA not charging him. So this DA is not never going to let it go. Yeah, I mean Cosby's going to be dead before this ends. I mean, let's just let the man go home. No, ridiculous. Has he Try suffered him. enough, Jeffy? He has suffered enough. Okay, ridiculous. I know in in uh, Texas. The pay for sitting on a jury, I think, is eighteen bucks a day. It's not very much. I mean, it's nothing. No, and it's you've not got very a much. family to support, and you can't afford to. I absolutely say, places, yeah, I've already decided he's guilty. Right now, most places you're supposed to still get paid. I believe. Yeah, at, but, your, right. at your job, mm, but you right. don't have to. You don't have to pay them. Um, if you're on an hour, hourly wage, are they going to pay you while you're doing jury? I mean, the they're nice supposed to, right? Is, yes, but they, I don't. I think Texas law. I I don't think it demands that they be paid. But see, that's wrong. Well, you're supposed. To, I mean, I know you're supposed to do it out of the goodness of your heart, and I've served on a few, a couple of juries that were, you know, it was fun. Oh boy, somebody had you, their life in your hands. Oh, I, wow, I know how to answer questions of these attorneys, man. They're, you're good. You want to get off? You want to? You don't want to be part of the jury? You know how to answer it. Yeah. Yep. You know Hitler was okay. Oh, oh 
<laughs> Did I say that out loud? He was just misunderstood. Uh, he can go. He can go. <laughs> but if you answer correctly, man, yeah. you're, you're sitting there. You're on the jury all day long. You know, there are certain problems that uh, rid you zone doesn't rid you of, like uh, like the fat between Jeffy's ears. That it doesn't help. Uh, but the <laughs> other areas. Was someone questioning whether Riduzone would do that? Uh, no, I'm just making sure people are aware of that. It can't take care of that problem for you. It's a disclaimer, Jeff. But it can definitely help you on a diet and exercise plan uh, because Riduzone is a safe, natural, FDA-acknowledged dietary supplement. If you take it with you know, your normal, decent diet, you're going to lose weight. It was uh, launched by a company who took the good stuff out of olive oil, created a patented product containing OEA, that that OEA has been shown to boost metabolism and reduce your appetite. And so that's why Sarah takes it every day because, you know, she lost 100 pounds, what, 10, 12 years ago or something. But she still struggles with cravings, as do we all. And so she takes this during the day, and it helps keep all that at bay. So you're saying it wouldn't work if I were to eat, say, 14,000 pounds of barbecue beef. (laughs) I'm saying it would be tougher, and there might be some consequences there. Okay. You know? Uh, but if you're if you have proper nutrition and exercise, this is going to help you get healthier, lose weight, and be healthier. Uh, to learn more or just to order, go to riduzone.com. Enter the promo code Pat. Get thirty percent off a three month supply. R i d u z o n e dot com. Riduzone dot com. Pat Gray unleashed the Blaze Radio Network. Pat Gray returns on the Blaze Radio Network. Finishing up Chewing the Fat uh, with Jeffy. Claims to have more to say, which is hard to believe. But well, a couple of quick things. I can't imagine it. <laughs> but, can you, Keith? Can you I'm imagine he has anything stunned. more? I know. Stunned. All right, go ahead. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> do we, we have it? something? Because now he's not talking. I know. So are we sure that he has something else? Did we push it a little too far? Is that what happened here? Oh, no. Did we find no. a nerve? No, no. Why would why would you reach that point? Did we find a feeling? Riduzone won't get all the fat between <laughs> Jeffy's head, but it's good for you. <laughs> why would you think that you've gone too far? <laughs> well, I didn't. Until okay, now. that's what I'm. All right. I mean, you asked. <laughs> you're getting animated over there, and I see a need for band aids. <laughs> yeah, it's getting colder in here. Yeah, your moves are showing. Well, let's get some band aids on those. Are you nips. wearing undergarments? <laughs> <laughs> I mean. Come on. <laughs> what do you mean? Come these, on. These people in high school, how many, really, that, I, I, I would venture to say perhaps they should. You think about uh, this. Think about how your daughter. Question. Right. How, how pissed would you be if that's your daughter? I'd be in there. I, like, would have, you, I might have to talk to him a little bit. What are you bit. doing even looking at my girl, my daughter like that? <laughs> There's, well, all the other 14-year-old boys are looking at her like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, well. The principal shouldn't be looking at her like right. that. Mm-hmm. Knock it off. And I'll tell you what. If one of those 14-year-old boys does something other than look, you let me know. <laughs> right. Uh, we'll talk. Let's yeah. be or maybe you could. Or maybe you could as as principal. You know, because there's that issue, but are they allowing other girls to have uh, mini skirts up their hoo-hahs? I don't know. Probably. Probably. Probably yeah. in that school. Yeah, but heaven you know, forbid. Yeah, you're not worried about that. No. Are you putting blankets over their legs all day? No, you're not. Hmm. So, Put on these pants, though. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, it's just bizarre. I know. It sure is. It's bizarre. It sure is.
Uh, a couple quick, uh, quick funny things before we go. The funniest thing that I, I want to bring up, and I want to make sure that we have enough time to get to it because it, I want to do this next weekend. I think we should all do this. Uh, the funniest picture and tweet meme of the weekend mm-hmm. uh, sent to me by Pam D on Twitter. Uh, her tweet says that she bought a thousand of these stickers, and uh, no produce department or hardware store is safe. She bought a thousand stickers that say for rectal use only. And she's going to go out shopping for the weekend. I think we put those on everything across America. Where does she live? Do you know? <laughs> so when you see those in your produce department, just know that Pam put it on there, and you're all good to go. Because I don't have a, I don't, I did not purchase my thousand stickers of for rectal oh, use only. That it's would really be funny. funny. That's really funny. That would be <laughs> so fun to do. And just take a picture everywhere you go and tweet that out. There's <laughs> a cucumber. And our man Tiger didn't win. You know, as long as we've got a couple. Couple seconds left. Our man Tiger didn't win this weekend. Very sad at the Masters. I know, not he even close. He cut, tied, right? He, he tied for thirty first or something yeah, like he that. He's one, one, one over. He ended it with, yeah, because uh, the guy that the guy that won, um, Patrick Reed. He's a big party monster, party guy. Yeah. He was kicked off his college team. Oh wow! He's done a he's done a he's a big party guy. So he was happy to. I mean, good for him. But did you know that Tiger still is? T- he has seventy nine. PGA Tour wins. That's like number two. Mm. All, all time. Yeah. But he still has a shot to break that one. Pat Gray. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. Is here on the Blaze Radio Network. 888-933-93 and a Pat Unleashed. Uh, Jody says, my dad is retired U.S. Navy and a World War II vet and my hero. He'll be 91 this May. And yes, he lied about his age to serve. Just contacted Rishi Sharma to see if I can get an interview set up for him. Thanks for bringing this to my attention. That's great. Yeah. Hope that works out. If you missed that video, um, it's uh, at Pat Unleashed. Check it out later on uh, on Twitter. Great stuff. It's a stuff. feel-good story for a change. Yep. Really nice to have. Uh, three Jeeps, three. Simple solution for non-weirdos. Uh, speaking of the girl who was uh, brought into the office because of nipplage. Uh, send her home for inappropriate attire. Yeah, I mean, that'd be better than the discussion of, are you wearing a bra? Why not? <laughs> From Greg. Uh, there has to be a minimal dress standard in a school. Yeah, we said that. Why are you attacking the teachers for enforcing the standard? I'm not attacking teachers. I'm attacking people who are ogling this poor girl because she had nipples. All girls have them. Uh, boys, too. I don't know if you're aware. Um, and I I just think that's that's a little too intrusive. I mean, I don't, that would piss me off if that's my daughter. Yeah. And, and they're talking about her nipples all day and putting Band-Aids on them. And I want to see this written policy. Uh, they didn't claim that there was one. There's not one yeah, there, story I've seen. Yeah. Is there a standard that says your nipples may not show? Is there one? Show it to me. If that's true, then okay, they're enforcing the standard. But if that's not in the policy, and you know it isn't, then yes, they, they deserve some criticism for this. From Caitlin Joy 89 I think Jeffy has to use Flex Seal tape to keep his nips under control. <laughs> yeah. Yes. That yeah, would does. be an ultimate test for Flex Seal glue. But check oh, this out. Please, um, here, please. here is the uh, 
I found this one story now that addresses the um, the district's uh, dress code. You ready? Okay. <clears throat> yes. You are expected to dress appropriately for school and for the business of learning with proper attention given to personal cleanliness, grooming, and neatness. And your nipples may not show. Where is that, se- is that sentence in there? Well, if you have the lemon juice and uh, the hair dryer, then okay. you can find that part of All the right. clause off to the side in the margin. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. In fact, the dress code... Does not specifically address or require a bra. Bras. All right. Okay. So there you go. Put that in your pipe. We're not attacking anyone. Mm-mm. We're just asking questions here. That's what we do. Mm-hmm. It's kind of our job. Um, speaking of schools, Raleigh parents, at least one, <laughs> thank you for being at least one parent mm-hmm. upset about the white privilege paper that was sent home with students. Mother is upset about the white privilege sheet given to this to her uh, child at Hunter Magnet Elementary. Kid's a second grader, and uh, she's a little hacked off that they sent home a, a paper that explained white privilege. Amber Pabin said the two-sided sheet was in a folder when he came home last month. On one side, it discusses white representation in government, the military, media, and education. On the other, it lists examples of white privilege in society. I think the message itself is inappropriate because, yes, there's racism out there and they need to learn about it, but let the parents do that. Because, like I said, if she's teaching him the way she knows, it could be completely different from the way I know. And me being part of the black community, I know differently from how the white community sees it. Wow, this is a black parent being upset with it. Good for her. He's eight years old. What does he need to know about racism or white privilege? Paper was titled Step 3. Begin to understand the concept of white privilege. This is getting so out of control. Yep. Uh, The mom said she didn't receive any previous steps or forms about the topic. In a brief note at the top of the sheet, it notes that this is part of an initiative led by the school's PTA advocacy team. It states that the initiative is focusing on generating awareness and empathy to create a safe and equitable hunter community. Now, is it going to be safe and equitable for the white people in your community? This is a second grader and you're teaching them that white people are bad and have some kind of advantage over others just baked into the situation. Wow. So how do you explain all the minorities that are doing exceptionally well? Are they just aberrations? Were they just allowed by the whitey to uh, ascend? Because we have to allow a certain percentage of them. How do you, I mean, this is dangerous stuff. And for some reason, it's perfectly acceptable to go this direction. Everything kids are learning today is that white people are bad. White people are evil. White people uh, are out to get you. White people are getting things they don't deserve. Jeez, when are we going to teach about America again? And it's a land of opportunity for everybody if you work hard and apply yourself. That's what I'd like to see on my kids' papers. Meanwhile, white people in South Africa should stop panicking about losing their land. According to Newsweek, Land reform is a key issue in South Africa due to the long history of 
Uh, the disposition of the indigenous populations by white settlers. Progress has been painfully slow over the past 24 years, but the question of land is now suddenly at the top of the political agenda. A major controversy erupt, erupted at the end of February following a motion adopted in Parliament, tabled by the Economic Freedom Fighters, the EFF, and modified by the ANC, which started the process of potentially amending the Constitution to allow for the expropriation of white-owned land without compensation. And this is a, uh, a ridiculous op-ed that you're reading from Newsweek mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. Okay. And its subsequent redistribution to black people. Why would you worry about that? Why would you panic over that? Just let it happen. Who cares? You, d- you deserve it. You, you got too much white privilege. In March, the main opposition party... The Democratic Alliance set, sent out phone messages stating ANC and EFF are working together to take all private land and homes. You can only stop this if you're registered correctly to vote. Check now. As a result, South Africans are panicking that they're going to lose their land and their homes. And some white commercial farmers believe it's the beginning of a Zimbabwe-style land grab. Yep. You know, when Robert Mugabe took away uh, white owner's land and gave it to his black friends whether they were farmers or not whether they knew how to take care of the land or not and in fact they didn't know how to take care of it and it led to unbelievable famine and hunger in contrast the motion was supported by many other political parties and it's been greeted with approval by large numbers of black people given the bitter history of the large-scale land disposition dispossession Refusing to pay for stolen land is seen by many black South Africans as essential to restoring their dignity. So they believe that that land was stolen in the first place and it should be given back to um, blacks. But according to Newsweek, you should stop worrying about it. Yeah, that's that's never going to be like it was Ah, in Zimbabwe. Whatever. Mm -hmm. I mean, just because they're... Changing the Constitution to allow it to happen doesn't mean anything. Besides, you've got it coming. It was stolen in the first place. This is just redistribution of wealth. I remember a president who said that's a good thing. Yeah, pretty soon. When when you spread the wealth around, it's good for everybody. Yeah, because pretty soon, I mean, you've got enough land. I mean, how much more do you need? Mm -hmm. Yeah. In the meantime, white South Africans should be offering their energies, according to the article, and for farmers, some of their land, to help find solutions. <laughs> this will help secure their future in the country, whereas attempts to defend their privilege could well lead to the loss of everything they own. An important lesson from Zimbabwe in the early 2000s. <laughs> uh, there's no words to express the absolute asinine nature of this article. Yeah, and, and what this government in South Africa has done is basically given, it's almost become a Jeez. purge real-life situation like the movie. Yeah. Um, and, and there are mm. horror stories coming out now of mm. what is really happening to white families over there, and it's not hypothetical. It's, it's absolutely mm-hmm. happening, and no one cares. It's just the opposite now of, of apartheid. It's yeah. just apartheid to, to white people now. Yeah. That's what, I mean, we're, we're getting into that territory here. Ever since Nelson Mandela died, uh, they've adopted a new, let's, let's get some revenge. 
uh, policy. Mandela, say what you will about his politics, and we have, but at least he galvanized the people around forgiveness. Let's let it go. Let's heal as a country together. Let's not retaliate. Well, now the retaliation is beginning. And it could get really, really ugly. I, if I was white and owned land in South Africa, I think I'd be, I'd be for moving out. Also, uh, a wife recalls her husband's murder as South African farmers uh, continue to live in terror. Despite what they've been told in Newsweek magazine, which is, hey, relax, chill out. Violence toward white farmers is increasing in South Africa. Uh, after the government did pass legislation to force them off their land without compensation. Ah! In 2017 alone, 400 white farms were attacked and two white farmers killed every week. Every week, on average. Ah, don't worry about it. Yeah, I mean, do you want to heal? Let's, do, yeah, do we want to make too much out of this white thing? No, we don't. Don't worry about it. Miranda Hunis is a victim who watched as her husband was brutally murdered on their property in 2016. Uh, she said the attackers have completely destroyed their lives. It was Oct- in October 2016. We were woken up at our house with two attackers standing there. And they shot him six times in front of me and my older daughter. They took a father. They took our whole lives that night. She said the attacks are increasing now. And the white community in South Africa is terrified. We're living in constant fear. It's being ready for anything when the dark comes. Ah! But that's just an important step to healing. Newsweek said that's nothing to worry about. Stop your panicking. So a few white people have been killed. You got to break a few eggs to make an omelet. And they're making a delicious omelet in South Africa right now. I don't want to hear your belly aching anymore, white people. Let it happen. Terrible. Wow. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. We are um, uh, joined here now by Brad Staggs. Uh, mm-hmm. And... So he's going to be. <laughs> I have a story. I, you know, I have a guess, mm-hmm. but I'm going to keep it to myself well, as to what you might be talking. I'm going to tell. I'm going to tell a little story Let's because get surprised. this um, uh, happened. Gosh, it was 1985. So what? At least 10 years ago. Uh, <laughs> at least. At least 10 years. You know, ago, it only say. seems 85 right? seems like 10 years ago to me. You realize in two years, 1990 will be 30 years ago. <laughs> Actually, a year and a half. Even that was mean that you said that. Oh man, <sighs> you're welcome. So I remember going to the uh, going to the the doctor and having my my ears cleaned, and then mm-hmm. this is back you know at least ten years ago in 1985, wow. and he did the, the the you know the the, the squeeze the drops in there and he used the little the the squirt thing and and I remember at that time he used cold water that's oh, a mistake oh no you felt that, violated I did you? feel violated wow. I felt very violated and I had to write a very sizable check back when <laughs> we still had to write checks I hope you wrote a strongly worded note to him as well oh, I would tr- I don't appreciate the cold water in my right? ear canal if I had if Twitter had been invented then mm-hmm. I would have tweeted at him yeah you would have I would have uh, written a negative yelp uh, yeah oh, I, I was just going to suggest the negative yelp but instead I just went <laughs> to the bottom of the him. stairs and out on the street and just started yelling at people 
and say, hey, don't go. That doctor, cold water. Jerk. Yes. Not quite as effective it as really a Yelp isn't. review would no. have been. But, but still. It's I, 1985, 10 yeah, years ago. Yeah. I felt yeah, vindicated so. after that. Okay. But, you know, fast forward you know, 10 years now, here we are in, in 2018, <laughs> and you don't have to suffer the no. indignity that I that I suffered No, you don't, by golly. <laughs> no. You just go to usewaxrx.com mm-hmm. and about 40 bucks. That's what it costs. And mm-hmm. you don't even have to pay for shipping if you use promo code radio. They'll send it to you for free. And wait, what was that website it's again? Use Wax RX. Is that Y O U S? Like use guys? Yeah, use guys. Like they used yeah, to say in Baltimore no, all the time. That's going to be a hey, four use guys error. over there. Uh, did you no. just say Ute? <laughs> what is it? Ute? What's a U S E? Use. And it's very important to use that. Mm-hmm. Use the use. Because you want the discount. Because you want the discount, right. Exactly. I do want the discount. And, 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 you know, I that, do. And, and you don't get this entertainment with anybody else. That's correct. So go to usewaxrx.com, order the system, don't suffer the indignity that I did. Let my bad experience be the lesson to you. It's a heartbreaking tale, It by the way. really is. Yeah, Thank you very much. And I'm, I do have therapy after this. Yeah. So I must go. Usewaxrx.com, promo code radio. You're listening to Pat Gray Unleashed. Follow Pat on Twitter at Pat Unleashed and send him your thoughts using the hashtag TellPat. The Blaze Radio Network. Quickly, you have a story. We're talking about uh, veterans and how uh, there's so few veterans left alive from World War II. There were 16 million who participated in that time period, and there's only around 500,000 left today. Uh, 3% remain. Uh, So now we've got this story of the oldest living World War II vet getting a trip to D.C. uh, just before his 112th birthday he's about to turn 112 look at him man he looks he's good the african-american in the middle there uh slightly to the right of the middle actually look at his look at what shape this guy's in he's he's not in a wheelchair he looks younger than me is somebody is anybody even holding him up i'm being serious i, I mean, don't think he so looks really good. he looks like he's functioning on his own power and with in all f- of his faculties in a few weeks he will be a hundred and Twelve, a hundred and twelve. He's ten months younger than the oldest man in the world, Masazo Nonaka, mm. and five years younger than the oldest person in the world. It happens to be a woman. Okay, what about the discrepancy there between women and men? Huh? Mm-hmm. What about that equality? Mm-hmm. We're not. We're, there's no equality there. Uh, she's a hundred and seventeen year old Violet Brown of Jamaica. My goodness. But this guy. Uh, Said he remembers his grandfather telling him stories of what life was like as a slave in Tennessee. That's how old. That's how old this guy is. Wow, Richard Overton. His grandmother moved to Texas after uh, they were freed. His grandfather moved to Texas after he was freed. He mentioned a week ago that he very much wanted to see the new National Museum of African American History and Culture in D.C. By the next day, fans of his organized a private tour of the museum for him. 
Mm-hmm. While on the tour, former Secretary of State Colin Powell called him to wish him well. That's, that's great. That's pretty cool. I, so I looked up here. Okay, he was born in 1906. Yeah. Teddy Roosevelt 1906. was president My when Mr. Overton was born. So that's Roosevelt is the 25th president. That means there were 24 presidents before Richard Overton was born, and there's been 21 since. He's almost seen half of the U.S. presidents in his lifetime alone. Wow. Can you imagine? I mean, the changes he's seen. So cool. Born in 1906, we barely had cars, and there were still probably horse and buggies in the streets mm-hmm. a lot. Uh, they had invented the airplane, but nobody was, there was no passenger planes yet. Things have changed. Wow, he still lives in a house that he built in 1945 down in Austin. Does he live there himself? By yeah, himself? Apparently so. This is unbelievable. His wife died in the 80s. Wow. So in 2017, National Geographic published a 12-minute video on him. So just last year, a year ago, at the, at the time, he was still driving his own truck and had just renewed his driver's license at 111. During that video, Overton talked about what he, reco- what he called the Overton diet. Here's, here's the Overton diet. This morning, I drank about that much whiskey. I love milk and fish, corn and soup. I love soup. (laughs) A lot of people don't like soup. He said he eats ice cream every night. It makes me happy. There we go. That makes me happy that he can eat ice cream every every night. And it makes me happy that the first line is, this morning I drank about that much whiskey. I'll be hanging on to this store in case anyone has a problem. Hey, I want to live to 112. Maybe soup is the key here. He says he loves soup. Mm-hmm. No, it's whiskey. <laughs> whiskey is the key. Church is a wonderful place. He said it keeps me going, makes me feel good. I think that helps me push myself along going to church. I mean, listen to how aware and still with his faculties this guy is. At 112. So cool. Uh, but uh, one of the you know 500,000 remaining World War II veterans. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. You know the wealthy don't pay their fair share. We all know that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm getting sick of it. We're we're all pretty tired of it. I think, um, because the top twenty percent of wage earners only pay eighty seven percent of the tax burden. I'm sorry. Say that one more time, please. <clears throat> the top twenty percent of wage earners pay a paltry. 87% of the tax burden. Freeloaders. They don't pay it all. No. They don't pay every penny of it. They do not. You know what they do? They live. They leave 13% <laughs> for the other 80% of Americans. I mean, the goal. 13%. You can't <sighs> expect the rest of the people to pay that kind of money. <laughs> nope. How I hate these evil people. As do I. Uh, it was 84% last year. I mean... Fortunately, it's gone up, but only 3%. The increase comes thanks to the tax reform bill passed in December, which was, according to the idiot Democrats, uh, just another tax break for the wealthiest Americans. Mm -hmm. Was it? (laughs) Their tax burden went up 3%. The new law reduced taxes for all income levels. Doing so increased the percentage of the total paid by workers earning $150,000 or more. To New Yorkers, 
earning $150,000 salary may not sound like it will make you rich, but it's the dividing line that puts a worker into the top 20% of American earners. That's the group that includes people with last names like Buffett, Bezos, and Zuckerberg. The biggest beneficiaries of the new tax structure are those earning between $300,000 to $733,000. They'll see an average tax cut of about 3.4%, taking home an extra $11,200 this year. The top 1% get a smaller break, about 2.2%. Overall, about two-thirds of taxpayers are in line for a tax cut. About 6% will pay more, while the rest see no significant change. Most families earning under $50,000 will pay no federal income tax at all. Say that one more time, please. If you're, if you're earning under $50,000, you don't pay any federal tax at all. And many will get money back. <laughs> so not only do you not pay, they give you a little extra. Due to measures like increased standard deduction and the child tax credit. This analysis doesn't consider how much workers pay in Social Security and Medicare taxes, which are taken out of all paychecks, or state and local income, more property or sales taxes, of course. Because we are all hit with all of that really, really hard. Because of income disparities in different parts of the country, the law reduces the income tax hit by different amounts on a state-by-state basis. High-earning states like New York, New Jersey, Connecticut each get a 5 to 6% federal income tax cut overall. The low end of the scale, low-wage states like North and South Dakota will both get closer to a 10% tax cut. Wow. That's nice. So uh, 20% of Americans pay 87% of the burden, and you know it's still not enough. It's still not enough. So again, the question has to be, what is the fair share for the rich? How much of their income must they pay? How much of the tax burden must they pay before it's finally fair? During FDR, it was as high as 97%. So it can be done. We, they can take more. And they probably will. 888 Gray, the Blaze Radio Network. Pat Gray returns. Uh, one of the heroes from the Parkland Massacre, a 15-year-old kid, uh, has just been released from the hospital. He was shot five times protecting his classmates, trying to barricade a door. Really something. Um, and on his release, he had a message for the Broward County Sheriff, Scott Israel, and the school district leaders. His name is uh, Alex Ariza. No, Alex Ariza is the attorney, actually, representing Anthony Borges yeah. and his family. 
So he read a prepared statement from Anthony. And it went a little something like this. I know I've been called. I don't know why I survived. And they didn't. But I will tell you that my family and I will dedicate the rest of our lives to seeing that something like this never happens again. To the other injured, I hope you are recovering well. We have the responsibility to tell the world what happened here. To Sheriff Israel of the Broward County Sheriff's Office and Robert Runcie, the superintendent of the, of the school and schools in Broward. I want to thank you for visiting me at the hospital, but I want to say that both of you failed us students, teachers, yep. and parents alike on so many levels. I want to ask you today to please end your policy and agreement that you will not arrest people committing crimes in our school. Wow. Good for him. Actually putting a little bit of the blame where maybe it belongs. The guys who did nothing to prevent this when they could have. Brings up a a side issue, however. Now, this is not about Anthony. But it is about the man bun. The man bun needs to stop. Yeah, I agree. Man, there's no place in this world for a man bun. For a man bun, No. no. I mean, stop. Get a haircut. Okay, it, it's different from a 15-year-old kid, but grown men, mm-hmm. no man buns. Please, stop but, with the man bun. But if, but if he lets the long flowing mane happen, mm-hmm. is that, that's, 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 that's okay. acceptable. Yes. Yeah, it's acceptable, absolutely. But you're, you're going to have to pick... But the man bun... Right, one way or another here. Jeez, I was watching the NFL Network over the weekend, <laughs> and I'm trying to think who... Oh, it was... I think it was uh, Darius Geis... From Louisiana State, from LSU, the running back. Okay. Uh, he on his pro day, he put his hair into two little pigtails on top of his head. Two little pigtails. Not drafting like, him. Like a three-year-old girl running around with piggy tails on, no, his, not, on not, top of his head. Not drafting. Dude, seriously, you're you're a football. You're really. You got pigtails? I mean, I know the gender thing doesn't exist anymore. Well, that's or whatever. True. That's true. That's a good point. You know, we can play it with. Barbie dolls when we're 45-year-old men if we want to, and there should be no repercussions from that. That's great. All of that's wonderful. But please don't put your hair into pigtails. <laughs> Come on! Unacceptable. Come on! Mm-hmm. And plus, that probably slowed Somebody's, down his 40 time, right? Yeah, I would think. <laughs> uh, if you have to do a pony, just do one ponytail in the back. You're a man. You're doing pigtails? we got to find a... What's this guy's name again? Darius Geis, LSU running back. See if you can find find a picture of his pigtails. It it's embarrassing. And if I do find a picture, Dude, stop I, it. I certainly won't hold it up to the camera because I'll get yelled at. Stop. I'll just yeah, send don't. it. I'll send it in there and let's do it the there right way. There you go. Way. Right. So, because we want to we want to do everything proper when we're especially when we're talking about man buns and mm-hmm. man piggy tails. Yeah, you want to go through the proper channels. Yeah, you do. You don't mess around with this <laughs> stuff do. at all. It was on Pro Day, huh? Uh, yeah, LSU Pro Day. Oh, LSU's Pro Day? Okay. LSU Pro yeah, Day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's uh, working out for the NFL scouts okay. in pigtails. And I kept thinking, please tell me somebody on the NFL network is going to say something about this. Nope. Not a word. No, no, like it was the haters, most like natural thing in the world for a man to have pigtails. A fully grown man wearing pigtails. 
Yeah, well, they don't hate <laughs> the way you do. I guess not. NFL Network, perfectly fine with it. Nobody even said, hey, cute look uh, for Darius. That's nice. That's really good. That's really good. Can we stop with the pigtails on potential NFL football players? Uh, that's, I mean, I'm not saying that makes him any less of a man. I'm hmm. just saying it's not a good look for a man. Can we just admit that in our society? Can we admit that full-grown men shouldn't have pigtails? Is that beyond us? Yeah. Really? Is it really beyond us? You would think we could find a common bond there, but uh, I think we are (laughs) now completely out of ways to find uh, things in common in life. Yeah, the the show kind of started with a millennial asking how we come together. If we can't even come together on men, full-grown men wearing pigtails, then we can't come together on anything. (laughs) Seriously, that's sad. That's just sad. Oh boy, I found it. Did you find they, it? They sent it to me in there. So yeah, it's cute. So I'm gonna it send it. It looks this. even better from behind. When oh. you when you see the <laughs> That's what she said. Yeah. Uh okay. What? Uh but uh but the pigtail look is even better when you see him running away from the screen. <laughs> <laughs> flop, flop. Like, and then little piggy uh, tails are flopping. <laughs> like Easter money stuff. In going the wind, on. it's adorable. Oh, awesome. It's so adorable. Maybe we can find video, guys. Yeah. Can we find video? How do you put your hair in pigtails <laughs> as a full grown man? And then go, yep, I look great for the scouts. I'm going right on out there. I know this is going to be carried on NFL Network and mm-hmm. probably have a bunch of local stations. I look good. Dig me in my pigtails. <laughs> but I'm serious. Take it's, it. It's got to be some sort of wind resistance thing on slowing him down on, on his times. I'm not kidding, right? Because you got I don't know. these big mm-hmm. ponytail deals going on. And- mm-hmm. Well, they're too short to be ponytails. They're just piggy tails, little pigtails. It's just, uh, I I don't know. It's why an interesting look. This started, and we'll have it up for you shortly. I don't know why it started man buns and pigtails on men, or, or who allowed it to occur, or why we decided to look the other way as a people. But I'm not going to now. I'm just going to say no to the pigtail look on men. Mm-hmm. Okay, we got to draw the line somewhere. Now, if you want to play with Barbie dolls at home, I won't say anything about it. It's none of my business. But when you've subjected the rest of us to your pigtails, that's beyond the pale. Mike, I, I can't let that go. Okay? All right. Uh, I think, do we have it? Do we have the pigtail look? No, they want to know if you have the pig. Yeah. Darius guys. Oh, I see. And his piggy tails. But why don't you grab your little pig there, sound effect thing. You know? Look at that. <laughs> that is unbelievable. It's and cute. again, it's, it's a lot better when you see him running away from the camera. Because it'll bounce in the breeze and it's, it's adorable. It really is. <laughs> Uh, hey, this is kind of interesting news. Uh, Buzz Aldrin, who's always said that he saw a UFO. Right. He's, you know, a space traveler who has always claimed that there's extraterrestrials. They're out there. I've seen them. He actually took a lie detector test, as did all four astronauts who apparently have, have made this claim. Experts say the results prove they were completely convinced signs of alien life existed as they said during their historic missions and it was a genuine experience for them at least they all believe it buzz aldrin al warden edgar mitchell and gordon cooper all took part uh the institute of bioacoustic biology in albany ohio carried out the complex computer analysis of the astronauts voice 
voice patterns as they told of their close encounters. The technology is still top secret, but these studies are claimed to be more reliable than the current lie detector tests that others receive and could soon replace those used by the FBI and police. One of the first tested was Apollo 11 pilot Buzz Aldrin, who's now 88. The second human being to ever set foot on the moon. He's always maintained that he spotted a UFO on the way to the moon. He said there's something out there that was close enough to be observed, sort of L-shaped. And people didn't believe him. They thought he was messing around or, you know, lying about it, trying to exaggerate his experience. But bioacoustics Sherry Edwards said tests reveal Alden is sure he saw the UFO, even though his logical mind cannot explain it. Then there's Apollo 15 pilot Al Warden. He's 86 now. He stunned Good Morning Britain viewers when he claimed to have seen it uh, extraterrestrials. He believes we're all descended from ancient aliens. Okay. I don't think I can go with him there, but voice recordings of fellow NASA pioneers Edgar Mitchell and Gordon Cooper, who are both dead now, though their voices were analyzed too, and they were found to be telling the truth. Cooper actually described trying to chase a cluster of objects. The test revealed both men believed, or all four men believed, they were telling the whole truth. Wow. That's interesting. So is this worth looking into and opening up uh, military records about? I'd love to see what the government really has on UFOs and extraterrestrial life. Wouldn't you love to see it? Yeah, and, and this reminds me, there was a Frasier episode where John Glenn was on, and he talked about something like this. We've got to find that. And, you know, it was just a funny little thing in the show. Haha, ha, he was on Frasier's radio show talking about... Uh, John Glenn? Yeah, John Glenn. Okay. And I need to go back and see that, because putting it into this perspective... Did John Glenn ever say, though, he had? I, he did on Frasier. Uh, okay. <laughs> So, I don't know if he did in real life. Okay. I, I don't remember that, but maybe. Maybe. I know several of them have had, and obviously there's four, who have had experiences that they absolutely believe in. Now, Buzz Aldrin is a little bit, uh, he's a little wacky. <laughs> he's, he's a, you know, he's got, he's a character. And so I think a lot of people thought he was just sort of trying to pull the wool over our eyes. But not according to this study. This, uh, study. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Let's go to Sam in Oklahoma. You're on the blaze. Hi, Sam. Yeah, how y'all doing today? Uh, Good, wonderful day. Finally, um, yeah. I just thought maybe I'll tell old Darius put band aids on them uh, pigtails of his. There. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Look at that. <laughs> Thanks, Sam. Certainly I, keep them from bouncing like that, wouldn't uh-huh. it? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I tell you, these, uh, I don't know, these fashion trends. Kids these days. Crazy. They're nutty. They're mm-hmm. goofy. 888 uh, <laughs> uh More Pat Gray Unleashed coming up in a second here. Let me tell you about Mercury Real Estate Services. Real estate agents I trust. You want a realtor that is along for the ride with you and that, shares your vision for your home, whether you're buying or selling, somebody you can trust, somebody that shares your 
principles and values. That's why Glenn and Tanya started Real Estate Agents I Trust, because they had a the opposite experience of this uh, several years ago in Connecticut. They didn't want everybody else to have to experience that, too. So they put together a network of over 1,200 agents all over America that are rigorously qualified by Glenn's team. And they're qualified based on their experience and what their marketing plan is. What kind of character do they have and what results have they gotten for clients in the past? Because past performance can be an indicator of future results for, let's say, you when it comes to the real estate market. And they're also fans of the show, which means that you have that in common. So uh, they'll, you know, just generally share your principles and values. If you need to sell your house, and obviously if you do, you want to sell it fast. You want to get the most out of it. And if you're trying to buy, you want somebody to help you make that decision and show you the right places. Go to Real Estate Agents I Trust. We'll introduce you to the best agent in your town. Let our agents earn your business. Realestateagentsitrust.com. Pat Gray on the Blaze Radio Network. Pat Gray unleashed. Uh, Talking about the UFOs that were seen by astronauts. Um, There's actually a pretty good portion of the population who don't believe we've actually had astronauts. I mean, we might have them, but they don't actually go into space. Hmm. Never have. Where do they go? Like a soundstage or something? Yeah, they go to a soundstage in California or Nevada. I think they got a couple of them. And uh, and pretend they're... Go to a a a green screen... And then, you know, they just project space. Huh. Then they have to kill all the people who are involved in the production of all that stuff. That's a lot of kills. It's probably well over a million, actually, people killed because of it. Yeah, so. Okay. This is interesting. There's a new survey that finds two-thirds of millennials are certain that the Earth is round. Wait, just two-thirds? Yeah, the rest say it might be flat. <laughs> Wait, it just they're not committed. They're not committed. It to might it, be flat. It, it might be. Okay. Eh, whatever. <laughs> uh 8250 This was a huge study. Right. 8215 American millennials and other age groups were asked a series of questions about whether they believe the world is round or flat. Here's how they responded. I have always believed the world is round. 66% said that. So there's your two-thirds right there. I have always thought the world is round, but more recently, I'm skeptical or have doubts. 9%. I always thought the world is flat, but more recently, I'm skeptical or have doubts. 5%. I've always believed the world is flat. 4%. And other, or not sure, other, what, some people think it's square? Yeah, maybe there's a cube. I, I believe it's actually a rectangle. Uh, so I, I, I don't know what it is, but I'm pretty sure it's a rectangle, mm-hmm. rectangular shaped. 
Maybe thing. It's a, maybe it's a triangle, and like the top mm-hmm. of the Earth is like where it's coldest. Right. Like the top of the triangle. So other or not sure, sixteen percent. I can't. Stop, it's just man. amazing. Makes me sad. Overall, uh, an an overwhelming majority of Americans. Uh, 84% believe the earth is round. Well, you would hope so. 84%? Come on now. Still. That's too small a number right there. I want to believe that (sighs) some of these kids were kidding. Just. Well, yeah, because you notice that when rappers and and then there have been guys from the NBA and some others that have said, yeah, I, I think it is flat. (laughs) <laughs> then they'll usually, when challenged, say, yeah, I was kidding. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't believe that, but at least it well, gives you hope. some hope. <laughs> let's hope, man. How oh. is it possible that in 2018, anybody could believe the world is flat? How is that possible? <sighs> 79% of Americans making less than 40000 a year said they've always believed the earth is round. That compares to 87% in the 40 to 80,000 income bracket. 92% of people earning 80,000 or more have always believed the earth is round. That still leaves eight, like 8% of people who are pretty well educated, making a lot of money, doing well, that believe the earth is flat. Yep, that number's too high. In recent years, the flat earth theory has gained popularity in some celebrities and sports stars, yes, such as rapper B.O.B. and Celtics point guard Kyrie Irving have supported the movement. <laughs> now it's a, wait, now it's a movement? It's not just Mad Mike Hughes out in the desert? No. There's it's a, a movement. Yeah, there are thousands and thousands of people who believe this now. <sighs> just 2% of all Americans resolutely say... The Earth is flat. That's way too many. There should be no one. How can anyone say that the Earth is flat? A majority of flat earthers call themselves spiritual and claim scriptures support their belief. Ooh. Study didn't say which scriptures they. That's what. Come on, how can you not ask that question? Oh, I'm looking that up right now. Really? What scriptures say the Earth is flat? Still, 52% of flat earthers call themselves very religious. That compares to one-fifth of all Americans. Uh, The results of the survey were weighted to make it representative of the U.S. population as a whole. I I I would love to hear which scriptures give rise to the theory that the earth is flat. Wait a minute. Here's one website that says, it's Matthew 4.8. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. I don't care if it's round or if it's flat. You can't see the entire... I mean, come on, man. That's a weak... That's very weak. (laughs) Weak. I'm looking here. So from one high spot, they Uh saw the entire earth? Apparently. Uh, Not through some, you know, different strategy, or maybe he took him around and... No, No, here we go. It's Joshua ten thirteen. Okay, where the sun stood still, the moon stopped until the nation took vengeance on their enemies. Yeah, is this not written in the book of Jashar? The sun stopped in the midst of heaven and did not hurry to set for about a whole day. But that's how long it takes, regardless of round or flat, as a whole day <laughs> right. for the sun to set. Okay, right. so so there you go. Two very strong, very strong. Uh, 
I'd, and I'd still like to know, and, and I think I do have the answer, uh-huh. but if the world isn't round, why is there day and night, you know, when you got the sun up there? Well, but if, if it only shines on one little portion mm-hmm. and then the world still circles on its flat discness, no. nice try. That would, that would account nope. for it. Nope. It's not that. <laughs> it's, it's, it wouldn't account though for the, uh, Northern and Southern hemispheres no. being hotter and stop, colder. Stop. Stop. You're getting ahead here. Uh-huh. No. The, the sun, also mm. known as the giant light bulb in the sky, mm-hmm. it automatically dims, okay? And so the, the bulb, oh, wow. the sun, which mm-hmm. is what, 27 miles above Earth, 32, whatever it is, it's Just, dimming. You can't get that. It's 37 miles away. It's dimming. Why is it you can't understand that the sun is 37 miles from the it Earth? It's dark, and then someone flips the switch, and then, and see, when someone forgets to flip the switch, those are the days we have the eclipse stuff. You're just not even making sense anymore. That's just nonsense. That's not how the flat earth goes. Trying to help. Okay. Or I could read you Isaiah 40, uh, 22. Okay. I mean, this yeah, is tell the, me, Tell me how that proves it. This is the one. Let's hear it. This is the one you take to the bank. It is he who sits above the circle of the earth and its inhabitants, blah, 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 blah. Okay. You just mentioned the circle of the earth. A flat, flat earth. <laughs> it doesn't say the circle of the earth can't apply to a sphere as well. So Nope. Hmm. Okay. Don't be reading into this. All right. So I just gave you three solid biblical verses. <laughs> yeah, you did. Show us that are just beyond a shadow of a doubt that the Earth is flat, flat as a pancake. Yep, you're right, Pat. No wonder the very, very religious believe that. It's right there. Hashtag put that in your pipe. Plain as your face. <clears throat> By the way, this is kind of interesting. Mm. Toy Story Four mm. has uh, the the official release date is confirmed now by okay. Pixar. Woody and Buzz will return in 2019, mm. next year. Uh, more than 20 years since its first debut, Toy Story 4's official release date is June of 2019. I thought they did the story to yeah. end all the Toy Story we stories. We Not only that, we don't wow. need a fourth installment, but yes, that, that tied it up nicely, the third I one. I thought so. Uh, I guess not. Yes. Uh, they're back. At this time... It's pissed. (laughs) Pat Gray Unleashed on the Blaze Radio Network.